This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 318. The Agenda Phase 2013. Mailbag. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Oh, wait, I said 2013. You did. Yeah, we're leaving it. I'm leaving it. That's the that's the name of the episode now. This is the 2013 mailbag. Dang. We're here to talk about I messed Twilight up. Imperium 3rd Edition today. Oh, it's all God. your hot Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition questions. Did what? Did Fall of the Empire, or what was it called? Shard of the Throne? Is did that, that even ha- out yet? That had just come out? Or <laughs> I think that had just come out. Or no, was that 2011? 2011 or 2013 was one of the expansions. Yeah. Uh, to uh, Twilight Imperium 3rd Edition. Looking it up as fast as I can. 2011. 2011. Wow, so not even... This is a f- relatively fresh new expansion, and we're here to answer all your questions about it. Yeah. What's this new game mode all about? You can play as the Lazax? What a crazy thing. What a world we yeah. live in. I'm I- as invested in this bit as you are. <laughs> Let's go. Let's do it. Come on. It's 2013. Flagships are crazy. It's 2013. They look wow, like little wasn't fish. The, wasn't that election crazy? <laughs> Obama versus Mitt Romney. Ah, jeez. I hope they Politics make a Netflix documentary really about that guy. I, I hope there's a riveting Netflix documentary called Mitt. That would be fun to see that guy. I don't even get that. I don't even get what you're it's talking about. It's just a about. super boring documentary about Mitt Romney. Uh, because oh, okay. Well, you know. That's given the context. Okay. Hey, what's up, Hunter? How are you? Just had to, just had to call Mitt. R- I, I was trying to get in like a wider joke about the overall political climate uh-huh. and how I never thought I'd say I'd, I would have preferred the 2020 or the 2012 election to like the rest of politics. Like at the time, I didn't know what I had. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. Right. They were, there was that funny clip where there was something about bayonets or something like that. Like Obama said something about bayonets. And I was like, and, and at the time it was like, wow, how saucy. What a faux pas. And, and now it's like, wow, that wouldn't even blip. That wouldn't even <laughs> register as something a politician is saying to another politician uh-huh. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Things change fast, you mm-hmm. know, and then I guess never change again yep. is what I'm what I feel like. It's this for eight more years and then we're done. Right. And then and then it's just all over. So it's fine. You know, we, we're just riding out the end. Uh, yeah. But hey, we're going to play some Twilight Imperium while we're here. You know, yeah, it's since we have the privilege to do it. Let's play. Let, let's play some T.I., yeah. you know. Today is a fun little episode. Very weird energy Very in the studio energy. today. I'm, Our sound engineer is looking at me like he's like, should I turn it off? Or you want to hurry this up okay? or what? Are you, how long do you usually vamp for? Uh, I'm driving to Amarillo, Texas today, so I've got I've got packing the car on the mind. You know, I got to shave my head. There's all sorts you of shave things. your head. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? You're like, well, I got to drive to Amarillo, so you know, got to shave my head. Yep, got to find my blouses for Amarillo. You know, just the things you do in Amarillo. 
Matt, today I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> like, I normally don't know what you're talking about when we're doing this. It's like it's I, like we're playing. It's like we're playing ping pong, and every time I hit the ball, uh-huh. the ping pong at you, you turn into a basketball and you dunk it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's okay. I'm frustrated because I need this to be a quick edit so I can get it, you know, out really fast. But I'm making more work for myself. All these awkward pauses are just things I have to go and clean up later. Yeah, so that's I'm, true. I'm so, yeah, d- like I, I'm really reckoning with myself right do now. you need to like do we need to take a break and then you do some exercises and then like i'll and just then you'll do be it right now while we're recording yeah. how about we just, just you just, hey tell people about tournament six and i'm gonna do jumping jacks hey so tournament six oh. is starting um it it i mean actually that's not true it, it hasn't started yet but but this weekend it begins if you want to join in the fun of tournament six it's very simple it's very easy this year all you do is join the Patreon. Make sure you read the rules, okay? Uh-huh. Please read the rules. We have rules that are pinned in the tournament spoilers. It starts this weekend. Um, there's a lot of games already scheduled. Yeah. Uh, if you're trying to just jump in at this point, you might have a little bit of trouble. I don't know, actually. It's hard to tell how A lot of them come together are. fast. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's especially as the weekend gets closer, it seems. I wonder if that's how it's going to feel every weekend. Is it's like on like wednesday it'll be like yeah there's like only like six games planned for this weekend i don't know and then by friday it's like there are 26 games planned for the weekend (laughs) yeah so it's gonna be happening fast uh there's gonna be a lot of a lot of games going down um so yeah join in the fun become a part of it it's gonna be a really good tournament this year because the qualifier round is not gonna just be a oh I, I had this one game happen yeah, and then right. I lost and now it's over. You're going to get to be in it for a while. And I'm yeah. really excited about that aspect of it. We're all going to get to go to the prelims. Yeah. <laughs> well, 200 of us anyways. The rest will be losers. I can't wait time. for the losers club. Like, I, I actually am excited for like the... Gr- We're going to leave the qualifier channel up after because it basically will start to operate as a sort of wait list. But yeah. just the energy of that channel will be very interesting because it'll be some people where it's like, oh, I just joined the Patreon in January. Maybe I'll get to become a part of the tournament. Who knows? But there's going to be like a good little chunk of people where it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> well, I, I played eight games and I just couldn't find the victory. I'm real good, though. You know, it's not my fault. <laughs> I think mean, you got a one in six chance of winning be- and I played eight times. So I just couldn't find it. What I'm about to say is a joke, but it will be funny to see the people who played a bunch of games and then are also like offering up really stern errata in future episodes where it's like, oh, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone have to should have to mark how many losses they get in the qualifiers. <laughs> like if you could just add to your nickname a yeah. little asterisk for each time you lost. I just want to know. Yeah. I want to know how many. Yeah. That, that's It's not about ranking people anymore based off victories. Yeah. Now it's just about keeping track of those sweet, sweet, <laughs> hasty little losses you got there <laughs> that goes for you too hunter i'm excited to see how many asterisks you get you know oh i'm gonna lose many many yeah. times especially because guess what people some real good people keep hitting me yeah right because That's the they want to be in my- everyone wants to play in your game so it's like yeah jadeem jedi is gonna play with hunter it's like well I don't know how to tell you this. Jadeem Jedi is great. So, uh, well, actually, luck. I'm not worried about Jadeem Jedi. Okay. <laughs> I, I play a lot with Jadeem Jedi. I've smoked okay. him I can more handle, times than I can count. I can handle <laughs> Jadeem. Okay. It's some of these other people hitting me up, and I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, should we dive into the mailbag? We, this is our first time doing a proper just mailbag episode. I feel like this is a rite of passage for a podcast. Oh, um, I don't think it is. I definitely don't. Uh, I feel like any podcast that would stoop to the level of just doing a mailbag episode has clearly gone off the rails, you know? Any podcast that would be like, let's just have you ask us questions. Like we're like gurus or something. <laughs> and you're just going to live. And that you have burning questions. Yeah, how you know, dare you want to interact with questions. us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I, people asked us questions. It, it worked. It, the grift worked, everybody. I, I mean, I got a lot of questions. Uh, and and we, we got them all in a list right here. And we are going to answer them for you. So I hope... The people that asked these questions actually wanted us to answer them. Right. I don't know that they did. I love the questions that are the energy of, okay, fine. If, I, if you need me to ask you a question, here's a question, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like that's a. I can understand that energy because, yeah, that's w what we're doing is it's September. We are waiting a little bit before we get, get back in the swing of uh, your regularly scheduled programming. So it's been kind of a beach time yeah. okay we've been beaching it a little bit <laughs> we have a friend that's getting married mm -hmm. we're st we had to turn around uh did you notice tournament five ended yesterday and tournament <laughs> six is starting this weekend okay that's there's a reality to that okay <laughs> it's so got a here, cost <laughs> yeah so here we are it's mailbag time all right we also gave you you know you got to listen to the finalists all talk i thought that was that's a cool beach episode that was cool. okay yeah that's a cool way to do that all right we're getting better at wasting your time okay <laughs> can't and all just yes, be ti the movie all the time yeah it can't yeah we're not we've we've evolved past ti the movie now we do ti the hbo uh -huh. show exactly only because you asked us to and it's not <laughs> our fault but that's what we're doing you asked us to do that okay i have you co-signed on it so i think whatever. we've i think we've established a really good energy now to ask our first question which is from a scruff okay. mcgruffin and the question is just how are you <laughs> How am I? Um, I, you know, I will answer this earnestly. It may have been asked as a joke, but perhaps that it, perhaps it was a real question. Um, I don't care whether it was or wasn't. Um, <laughs> I'm actually uh, doing really good right now. Yay! Uh, I wasn't. I've been having a kind of a rough, it was kind of a rough summer, um, but I've been having a good time lately. I've been in a better mood. Yeah. Uh, because of just, I don't know. Sometimes you feel like you're more on top of your life. Sure. And sometimes you feel like your life is this jumbled thing that comes into your room and turns everything upside down <laughs> and then leaves, you know? It's like and, a cat and I, pushing your stuff off the shelf. <laughs> it is kind of like that. Um, and I feel like I'm getting a little bit better at my balance of this job and, mm -hmm. and me doing stand-up comedy mm -hmm. and then like my regular life and that those three things are feeling not not in balance let's not be <laughs> let's not go too far here okay yeah. they're definitely they will never be in balance right but you know? one side of the scale is no longer underwater <laughs> it's yeah it, 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 it doesn't feel like and you know i think a lot of it has to do with uh you know trying to put like trying to crunch effectively on mm -hmm. this job yeah and and say hey let's work really really hard for like two weeks so that we don't wait until like a lot of times in the past me and matt will have a trip coming up like this wedding we're about to go to yep. and um we won't get ahead on our work and then in this time the days leading up to yeah. it 
we will just be completely impossibly stressed. Yeah. Exactly. And and we are a little it's a little stressful. It's a little stressful, do, but this one, this particular event, yeah, was was very much the energy of like we're getting ahead of this one because gall darn it, I'm going to enjoy myself at this yeah. wedding. <laughs> yeah. And I feel good about that. Yeah. I feel good that we were able to achieve that. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. What I, about you, Matt? My How anxiety about the tournament starting while we are out of town could not uh, be worse. Uh, but yeah. But there's a lot of capable hands keeping their eyes on the ball. The the Discord is in a, is in a fine state, and I will be fine. And I will just relish in the opportunity to wait until Monday to come back and see how the first weekend of the tournament went. Basically, I'll be checking yeah. my phone feverishly, and then mm -hmm. I I expect Hunter or or my wife, my two wives, I expect to slap the phone out of my hand uh, yeah, at I various be wife moments. Prime, of the <laughs> I'm wife Prime because I knew you first. Okay. <laughs> Katie is your life. backup wife. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Uh, uh, besides that, how am I? I'm good. Uh, Molly, uh, today, just this morning, uh, I took Molly to preschool. She's been going. To, she just started preschool, and uh, today was my first time dropping her off at preschool. Uh, usually, my wife is the one dropping her off. And you cry, uh, you big baby. Well, shut up. <laughs> Tell me, about, tell, me, tell me about your tears. <laughs> tell me about your tears. What a what a sentence that is. Oh man, I want to do the next question. Can we ask the next question? And Wait, actually that's get... it. You're not going to tell us the whole story? I, no, I, I I mean I didn't like I didn't weep, but it was like oh I didn't expect that to hit me. I didn't expect seeing my daughter in a backpack waving bye bye to do that, and it did that. Good job. I did. Good job. I fully heart. expected that. <laughs> I'm I'm confused that you don't cry more. Like to be honest, when you know you're what? around so Molly, so is my wife. <laughs> You mean both your wives are confused? That's yeah, the, apparently, the yeah. They, you two have uh, an unsettling amount of things in common. Uh, it is not. I wish, I'll tell you this much. I actually wish that me and Katie communicated more about <laughs> you. This is something I've thought for a while that it's weird that me and Katie don't talk more about stuff going on with you because I feel like we could more effectively <laughs> wife you up, you know, if... We'd be wifing you way good if Are we just communicated more. Is that what we're talking about now? <laughs> I think that's I think that's the situation, and I'm okay with it. Um, oh, I just want to make sure that you know that you're doing good. How like you know I can check in a lot more effectively if instead of asking you directly, I can ask Katie. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like you're gonna give me a straight answer. We just haven't know? formalized this polyamorous relationship. Basically, is what you're saying. We need we, there need to be more. Yo yo yo. There's <laughs> no amory here. Okay, <laughs> cut the amory. Okay. All right, it's poly, but there's no amory. All right, I'm I'm living my own life in that way. Thank you very much. It's poly passive aggressive. Is that <laughs> yes? Yes, poly passive. Um, all right, let's do question two, buddy. All right. Uh, Stads100 asks, what's an episode of Space Cats Peace Turtles that you've wanted to make before but just hasn't worked out? I actually have a quick answer for this one. Uh, it's not one I want to do anymore, but like in the earliest days of the show, I wanted to do an episode about like PDS, like placement and, and organizing PDS and thoughts about it. I think it's a thing that hasn't... Uh, bared out as something that matters but i do remember that being like a video i had intended to make basically yeah uh, i wanted to do a video just like showcasing all of the 
the thing, the ways to think about PDS. It would have been like a very, very basic strategy kind of thing. But that was mm -hmm. one very early on that I, I, I thought about as an episode and then was like, you know what? To try to describe this in audio would be a nightmare. This should be a video. Right. Uh, and then it never really went any further than that. Yeah, um, I still so what I've wanted to do for as long as I can remember for the show is interview or not really interview, but just have a guest on the show that somehow represents science fiction. Yeah. And, and I don't we, we did. We talked to Tim Pratt and he's like a working yeah. sci fi writer. And I liked talking to him and he's a really cool guy. Right. What I'm talking about is one of the old elder statesman right. of science fiction right um and my target in my head has always been william gibson right i've always just wanted to have one of those people uh that have helped build uh science fiction as a genre and then just explain to them what twilight imperium is right. and that's it like um and i'm not really even sure it would be very good content it's more <laughs> just like i just think that that would be it would be fun to listen to somebody with that type of experience uh bounce off of the idea of what twilight imperium is because twilight imperium it is it's a board game um but it's one with like a deep rich old science fiction yes. tradition right. built into it yep um and i would say it's it's absolutely not literary let's not like get mm -hmm. big-headed about it at all um, but I do feel like the flavor of it is very strange and specific. Yeah. Um, and I would just, I don't know. I'd just love to get somebody's take uh, like that. Obviously, yeah. William Gibson is like, you know, a pioneer of the cyberpunk genre, right. um, which is very much not space opera, right? Yeah. yeah. These are not the same things. Um, it's more like he's just the one that sticks out to me as being like kind of the oldest person we could get yeah. if if ursula k Le Guin was right. still alive That'd like that would be it for me gene too. roddenberry there's like a bunch of people if that gene you want to have was but you yeah. can't yeah <laughs> so yeah and i mean like yes we could you know if if it was george lucas yeah that would be fine but i just don't think he would really have much of an opinion on any of it he's right. actually technically he'd be much more appropriate to the fiction of uh -huh. twilight imperium um i just am not sure that even if I could talk to George Lucas, I'm not really sure he would be very interested in hearing anything right. about Twilight Imperium. And I'm not sure I'd be interested yeah. in what he had to say about it. You know, you could get, it, this wouldn't be as much of a progenitor of anything, but like just getting like Dave Filoni, it's like, all right, I, you know what? We'll do, let's do Dave Filoni. <laughs> yeah, if, if Dave Filoni came on the show, I have a feeling like by the end of it, it would be like, oh, cool. He's just like into this. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and, and that's not the vibe I'm looking for. No. I'm talking like, I want someone old and invested. Totally. That is like that i'm tr that i'm explaining this to and that they maybe catch a little glimpse of what is special about this i wouldn't be surprised if dave filoni uh is a listener of the show and like plays twilight imperium all the time or something he just seems <laughs> right. like a dweeb you that's, know what I mean? yeah that's He's the biggest like reason that wouldn't dweeb. be much of a, a get of an interview because it, yeah it would be there's like a 75 percent chance he's just like oh yeah i've been listening to y'all for like two years uh, yeah sure yeah, i'll, I'll come on the show <laughs> You know, and he's always wearing that. He always wears a cowboy hat for some reason. I don't know. I, I mean, no, no shade at the guy. I think he's cool or whatever. But it's just weird that it's weird that someone's calling card is wearing a cowboy hat. and You're not a cowboy. You know what I mean? Like you should says be wearing, you. I think he's a cowboy. I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm not. I don't know. I'm not trying to be an old man about it. But it, you best not be wearing a cowboy hat if you ain't no cowboy. All right. That's something I'd say to Dave Filoni right there.
Uh, question number three is from Gambler. <laughs> if you could, this is gonna be a lot of those those sorts of transitions today. I can already tell. Uh, if you could go back and start over, knowing what you know now, what would you do differently? Does it mean? Does this mean like high school or the show <laughs> or what is this talking about? Or my whole life? If you had um, the chance to change your life, would you? <laughs> I think uh, if it's the show. I, I would assume so. I think that's a safe assumption that it probably is about the show. I definitely think that we would have rolled out the content. I hate calling it content. Well, we would have rolled out the, the show mm -hmm. uh, differently from the onset. We would have taken our time, I think, more mm -hmm. with that first year. You know, but to be honest, like part of the reason that I think this show even became a thing is that we messed up so much and uh, people got to like kind of help us build it right. as we were going. So, so we... Even even in me saying that, like, oh, it would have been nice if we had gone slower mm -hmm. at the beginning and not made so many mistakes all the time. Right. I actually feel like that's what made in just kind of making those public mistakes, mm -hmm. we we were able to like kind of become pot. Like it's like y'all gave us a bit of an education on how to do this. Yeah. I being so negative, you bunch of jerks. Uh, <laughs> but, but I'm sorry, I'm not trying to temper it with that. But uh, but like really though, we we. We would put something out. We would be like, we'd play like one game yeah. and we'd be like, oh, here's this. Is this anything? That, that we, we know everything about how to play extra right. or whatever. Um, and then we would find out that we didn't uh, and that there were a lot of ideas that we weren't engaging with. I'll say this. I w would have made the Discord earlier. We didn't even have a Discord when we started this show. Yeah. Like it was, that just, it was that many was like episodes before we started a Discord. Oh, it was a long time yeah. before we started our own community. Right. Like, with it yeah and i would have absolutely started that way earlier would have just been from the onset would have mm -hmm. just been like hey we have a discord you know what yeah. i mean like right. and i mean with a show like ours where this was started by two people that did not expect at all for this to be a thing yeah very hard to answer this question because it's like i don't know it, i mean it was the fact that we're even here is kind of like a right. really crazy miracle yeah there was um, no plan basically so what i don't know what i could have expected to do differently because at the time i was shooting from the hip and just doing whatever basically yeah probably hmm, what's what's something probably would have invested in mics earlier <laughs> probably would we probably went way too long with that oh, one just snowball the, yeah right which is insane um what a wild way for us to have That's done the funny. show but yeah, because I mean, it's not like mics, like we could have gotten some cheap mics mm -hmm. and had two separate mics like much earlier than sure. we did, like, but we just did not do that. Yeah, I maybe would have liked to have uh, worked on more video stuff early on and gotten like better at that, made that like a, a thing with the show at the same time. We kind of became like very singularly focused on just the podcast and it would have, mm -hmm. it, it'd be cool to have like worked out the, that same uh rough patch you know uh, uh right. like hey everyone's super forgiving that's how our early streams looked right like our super our earliest streams are like absolutely unwatchable but like it was it was a community at the time it was like yeah whatever i mean we're just this is the only thing that exists basically right um and so having even more focus of that when it was uh appropriate to have really terrible looking stuff um uh, maybe would have been would have been nice uh but no i yeah. don't i don't think i would have done too much uh differently outside of that yeah yeah i i, I don't think so either because it was all just like a a very wild series of yeah. events that were not very predictable so even if we had done it done it quote unquote better for all i know that would have actually ruined the whole thing mm -hmm. so we we got here the way that we did yeah 
And I think knowing stuff actually maybe would hurt us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a couple questions next from uh, p- people who asked a few questions that had a, a similar vibe to them. So I'll read it all uh, and then we'll kind of just re- we'll, we'll just answer the energy of these many questions. Yeah, yeah. What do you think is the next step forward for growing the Twilight Imperium community? Is it the proliferation of content creation, more online tournaments, events, the growth of local playgroups, and Space Cats Peace Turtles convention, something else entirely? How much bigger can it really uh, can it really get? And also, how has the community changed over time? Where do you see it going? What needs doing to get it to an even better place? Yeah. And those questions were asked by uh, Kazmat and Philip Henning. Yeah. Um, what is the next step forward for growing the Twilight Imperium community? I don't think that we think of growing the community. Yeah. Like, I think the community may grow. It may not grow. Right. I'm not really that. I'm not, like, personally concerned with whether it grows or not. Mm-hmm. I'm more interested in the people that are already invested here, what are some things that we can all do together? Right. I think people might come in, people might leave. I I think I'm not going to become like a, we're not like marketing people. We're not going to like figure out how to like sell this, you know, like hopefully people like what we do Mm -hmm. and that attracts people. Right. But I don't want to get any more complicated yeah. than that. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you, but that's no, we're, how I feel. we're not looking for markets. That's Fantasy Flight's job. Uh, and and what would grow the community is like more regular updates to content. That's what like sure. POK coming out is the most obvious sharp increase you can see in every metric that exists. Right? POK right. coming out. There's huge spikes in the Reddit traffic, the Board Game Geek traffic, our download numbers for sure. Like every everything across the board. new actual twilight imperium uh like stuff for the game is the only thing that grows the community everything else is supporting the community keeping the community around a little bit longer but i don't think hunter and i do anything to actually grow those numbers i think we maybe maintain numbers well basically maybe i all i know is that that part i don't care yeah i'm more like those of you that are here those of you that are listening what are some fun things that we can do yeah. together that would just be cool right. if they existed? There's been a lot of discussion lately about forming a in-person North American tournament yep. scene featuring six regional tournaments yep. um, and then ending with some sort of grand final tournament. Right. Now, I hate to say that I hate I hate that it's just for a continent. Like yeah. I would love to do some sort of world event, and maybe be... someday we can. But that's maybe a we, that's maybe a we can. that's a multi thousand dollar kind of thing <laughs> to make that yeah. sort of thing happen. So we we'll, yeah. let's stick with a uh, driving range for now, right? <laughs> so I think doing something like that um, would be really fun. Yeah. Um, I think like I love the online tournament that we have here. Um, I love that, you know, 600 some odd people come together yep. and play and they're from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think that there is something to the idea of watching people play in person. Right. And one thing that I, I will say about the online tournament aspect of Space Cats Peace Turtles is we are starting to get to, we're not fully there yet, in my opinion, but we are starting to get to that place of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mm-hmm. of creativity. Yeah. I don't know how many ways there are for us to innovate on 
the design of it yeah uh, as far as the draft is concerned as far as the way it's structured where we're not just breaking it now right you know what i mean where we're just like literally making it worse homebrew for no real right? like we're just, reason we're, yeah that that's that's why i very i think often homebrew uh maybe gets a bad rap although I, f I mean i think we've gotten really really good and nice with homebrew of the last like year or so but there's a certain sense of the moment your community dips hard into homebrew is when you know all the other stuff is gone and you're doing that you're you're fixing things that maybe didn't even necessarily need to be fixed or whatever you're just right. going around me messing with holes and stuff and and i think that's fun and that's that is a part of the community but yeah when it comes to yeah like tournaments and stuff like that it feels like you're patching up something that didn't need to be patched up. Right. So I feel like because we've kind of hit that mode a little bit with the online tournaments, I feel like there's not a whole lot of innovation that's obvious that's mm -hmm. left there. But when you start thinking about how to broadcast yep. a live game, especially one that is being played in a highly competitive sense, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of questions that we have that we never answered, that we never figured out. Yeah. Like how to portray this stuff and have people watch it and it makes sense and yep. then click into even the, the nitty gritty, the small details. Mm -hmm. We did last year, we got asked to go to DreamHack Dallas and we did that. It was kind of a lark. It yeah. was kind of a, a thing we just did for fun. It was hilarious. One thing I, I forgot about, there's this, very funny part in that game where we're watching them play and David S. Noor just turns out he's he's playing as Nalu and he just turns over the <laughs> Nalu faction sheet <laughs> and just starts and we catch him just reading it and we're just like oh David's gonna take a little break to read some Twilight Imperium lore in the middle so that was the tone of that game yeah. right it wasn't like a, a, it we were flies on the wall and I love that that's how that's how the yeah. Gen Con stuff is too I mean yeah I think that's the biggest growth and and the biggest difficulty with that is with tabletop playground we have like a million resources to make things more graspable more watchable right. right the numbers get plugged into various things and we don't have that in person and so it has to a different vibe <laughs> has to be what is established in, in those kinds of games. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think um, if you're asking like what could actually grow things, I do think more video content like that would grow it like shorter videos that are super. I mean, look at look at uh, T.I. junkies, right? I think there was a decent spike of like community engagement when they started regularly coming out with these pared down edited videos with a focus on the storytelling of the game and not the nitty gritty details at all. Right. Their, their, their videos are more or less a series of interviews with the players and mm. it occasionally cuts to the board to be like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of happening over there. It doesn't matter. Let's talk to the players. Right. And I, I think further experimentation with those formats, uh, is a way to bring in more people uh, again there's there's people that don't engage with like our community because they don't they, they can't watch our videos for any number of reasons right they, they just don't find our videos enjoyable they, they would crave a different kind of video and you know we can't make every kind of video but across the whole community of more people were experimenting with formats on how to how to portray the information i think more people would get what they want essentially and and would stick around in the community longer yeah i also yeah it like like i said it's to me i think of it more of like what are some fun things that we can do um for the community that exists those are the people i care about yeah. um i don't care about some like i 
I think it would be weird to be working on this project and thinking, oh, well, if only we could like break through to the mainstream. It's like, how? <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> that we're, listen, yeah. we, one of the beautiful things about this situation that I like is that if you're here, it's because you're a weirdo. Right. Like, you're one of the weirdos that likes Twilight Imperium. You already are. Right. Like, by the time you got through the door, you're already one of our weirdos. Yeah. So, I don't really, I don't need it to, I don't need it to break through or become more palatable for people. Like, I want it to stay weird yeah. and be this strange thing. Right. And for me, it's more like, what are the ways that we can ratchet up right. this uh, weirdness? And obviously... You know, a lot sometimes, like like Matt was saying before, um, there's definitely a lot of times where people are like, "Oh, it's time for homebrew. Let's let's make up some new stuff." And yeah. obviously, I'm I'm even kind of dipping my toes into that kind of thing too. Um, but that's not like that's for fun, right. in my opinion. What I'm interested in is right now is how do we get back to watching competitive play in real life mm -hmm. and filming it and presenting it. Uh, at a high level basically right. doing all the things we do when it comes to commentating yep. online games but in a real life space yep. and across the united states uh sorry europe get dunked on um <laughs> we'll make it international someday there will be some sort of somehow there will be <laughs> a reason for it to happen all over the planet but um right now we're talking about uh, six regional tournaments in the United States, two on the East Coast, two on the West Coast, one in the Midwest, and one uh, in the South, or Texas, sorry. Didn't mean to call Texas the South. <laughs> Texas is Texas. Uh, next up from Charles, what are your best ideas for drastically speeding up or time-bounding the game? Like, I want to get the game to six hours or less consistently. Yeah, best ideas. Well, you just did a... a a game yeah. <laughs> that had turn timers. I don't. I wonder if you would stand by that as a no, good idea. No, 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 no. Uh, I do, uh, well, here's the thing. There's, there's two, there's two versions of this question. For your home game, like whatever, any the sky's the limit. Yeah, try turn timers. Try all sorts of things. Uh, ca for casual play, there's all sorts of ways to speed up the game, and we can talk a length of that. To speak about competitive play, you get into like really dicey territory anytime you talk about time basically because it's just a matter of like how much is the appropriate amount of to like rush people uh verse and as well as like just what what what's the appropriate amount of expectations basically for like changing the time around so our current time limit is uh far from perfect but i just think it's as close as we can get without making things kind of like wildly unfair or wildly cumbersome in other ways. Uh, turn timers and stuff like that are a huge mental load. Not just like, oh, I'm playing and I have this timer. I'm, I'm talking about the operation of making sure they are, uh, you know, adhered to is like a whole job in itself. And just sort of like in chess, it's simple. You click the button and it's the other person's turn and there's only two of you. And in TI, it's just insanely more complex than that. And you can't. You just there's no way to track it uh, well, but for casual play, uh, there's so many things you can you can do. Uh, I, I would especially steer people towards like a lot of the like online resources, things like extra computer uh, ways to just like have a screen up 
that is visualizing anyone at any point can look up and be like, oh, it's this person's turn and my turn is next. I should be thinking about my turn. Like in 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 person games, that's the easiest way to lose track of time, right? Is it becomes your turn, but nobody said anything and it's been your turn for like two minutes and everybody was distracted. Like just getting communication between players, I think is by far the fastest thing you can do to speed anything up. Yeah, focus on the game. Right. I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> I think a lot of times people get distracted because they're so busy with their table talk nonsense mm-hmm. um, and pretending that the game is all talk and no actual play. Um, and I think, like, yeah, just just stay focused on the game in front of you yep. um, and be considerate. Try and think about what your turn is going to be before it's your turn. I, no one is 100% on that. Like, it's going to happen where it sneaks up on you and suddenly it's your turn and you're not ready. Yep. But I think, like... I, I personally if if I personally believe that it's better to to stay focused during the action phase and then take a break right. every round. Yeah. And then in those breaks, if you want to have some conversations with people, like maybe that's the time to do it. Yeah. Or the agenda phase, I believe, is like kind of baked into the game as a time for talk and a time for trade. I, I was playing with a group of players that I didn't know um not last weekend, but the weekend before at the New York City uh, Twilight Imperium League, mm-hmm. and there was this point where they were trying to organize some transactions during the agenda phase, mm-hmm. but they they weren't waiting until their turn. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, you know, if you just wait for your turn, right. then we can resolve, we can figure everything out as far as the transaction, like exactly what it's going to be. Yes, right. there's some money I owe you, but if we wait until the moment when it's your turn to vote, we can also decide if we want to throw anything else into this. Yeah. Um, and the way that was, re- like, at first people thought I was trying to control the game right. by just saying that. Yeah. By, like, as if it was some sort of tactic. As right. if I was trying to avoid paying off. It was like I owed someone a debt from X minus one. Yeah. Um, and I was like, listen, if we organize the way we talk to each other better, it will happen faster. And I believe won't get so bogged because honestly what happens to me the reason uh discussions tend to balloon is not thinking about all the factors before we even make a deal you know what i mean like to be like oh this x minus one but then also oh wait i also wanted this it's like okay but have some take your time and think about what it is that you want to talk about and then try and talk about all of it in one transaction um, or just make it simple. Just do a little cookie stuff. Keep, keeping things simpler, I think, is is really key. I, I think the you know the reason we see really long negotiations in games so often is because people are trying to negotiate out like an entire round. And I understand the impulse to do that of like, well, I want to know what I'm doing this round. But it's like there's so often random swerving. You're going to spend 10 minutes thinking about the plan right now and then Ghosts is going to swap two planet tiles and you're going to have to now renegotiate all of those right. things anyways. So like in the end game, it's not just like, oh, these players are talking too much. It's like they're talking before they have any information. Right. So talk when the information is actually relevant. You can you can be keeping things like on the mind of like what sort of needs to happen, but hashing out specifics can't happen until the specifics are actually right in front of you. And I do think that is like the main thing that slows down the game. Um, uh, you know, when, when you see really bad control objectives come out and everybody's trying to like wheel and deal to get in the right position, like 
yeah, you have to do whatever you can to simplify those negotiations of just like, what do you need and what do I, this is, uh, if anything, this mm -hmm. is like, and we, we're going to have a question about boat floating later too, but just to get ahead of it a little bit, this is part of why like a boat floating mentality can be somewhat helpful for speed is <laughs> just the idea of like, don't be coy and weird. Tell me what you need. I'll tell you what I need. And we will very quickly figure out how to get the things we both need, right? That's that's boat floating is just the fastest way to play because it's the way to get through the the hubbub. You could also play well, fast where everybody's. I, I I I you don't agree? Why? No, I I think boat floating can absolutely make the game go longer. Um, because it can, but I'm saying there's a mentality that can exist of like, let's just like be clear with each other and and cut through the the noise. I think it's I I. When it comes to it's tough because I don't want to I don't want to make it like I'm I'm disqualifying certain styles of play that people might find mm -hmm. to be advantageous. Um, however, I do think there are like tactics that people take regularly in competitive games that do slow the game down a lot mm -hmm. um, that are kind of dubious, like filibustery type stuff. Yeah, stuff that it's like. I'm going to just talk way too much when it's not my turn. Like bad etiquette yeah. that I think people think is good play. Helpful to their cause. Right. Um and I would say that it's first of all it's impossible to know. Um statistically we would have to do some like deep research to find out whether something like like if any over the table stuff. Yeah. To try and figure out whether that's a big factor in the game or not as far as outcome. Yeah. Would require like study. I feel like, yeah, and it's it's not something we track. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's Drago doesn't have the filibuster thing yeah, on right. the like. We it, could start I mean, doing that in TTPG though. We do have like players' turns are now tracked, and that could start getting implemented, which is a hilarious notion. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I would hate to find that the longer you play, the better you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that good etiquette in Twilight Imperium is speedy. Yeah, and bad etiquette is, I think generally stuff that takes longer and that but that isn't the same as saying if you're taking a lot of time you're you're bad yeah, and you're sure. being mean and naughty or whatever right. uh, those are not those are not equivalent yeah but if you if the game is taking longer because you're having a lot of bad etiquette yep you're interrupting people when it's not your turn mm -hmm. like what you're um, being really disorganized with your deals you're not taking the time to like sort of just think about what you want to say before you say it or and this is something that i see way more often than i want um if you're kind of just private messaging people to sort of talk smack on what they're doing with their game because mm. you think it helps you to like get in their head mm. uh that stuff if i see that i don't want that anymore yeah. i'm tired of that being like a thing I think that's the idea of trying to tilt your fellow player right. so that you do better and they make mistakes. Uh, guess what? That makes the game take longer. Right. And I, and I think it sucks. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's not really something that I want to tolerate, especially in my own games. Right. Uh, there are people that have tried to do that to me, which is crazy because I got a microphone right here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I can get you, you know, anytime <laughs> I want. Uh, but I, I feel like there is definitely something th this is a discussion that we're just going to be having forever right though this whole like time conversation yeah, thing absolutely it's impossible because you sit you, like it's like i want i try to draw a very specific line uh with you know with this but it's it's hard because there are a lot of people that like they're like hey i'm just like 
I'm learning the game. Like I don't, it's going to yeah. take a long time if I'm involved and right. I never want those people to feel like I'm talking about them. I'm yeah. not talking about I'm talking about people that absolutely know how to play this game a hundred percent, but are just engaging a lot of, I would say etiquette that most people would agree are like, is like not very constructive and then making the game take longer yeah. because of that. Yeah. Uh, just just for quick practical advice, I really would say the number one thing that that helped, especially in the early days for us, is like we just had literally like a little visualizer of like turns and it was it was like a thing you could put control markers on and it was essentially like a way to very quick. We have this in TTPG now. So think about how TTPG is organized and put that mm -hmm. into your into your uh, in real life games, like a very easy way for people to signify that they have passed and that their turns can get skipped. And mm -hmm. just this mentality that like. Okay, so and so it's your turn. Uh, the next person you're on deck, like w w at, like having a person even assigned to kind of be the. This is what we used to say, uh, and and I still would stand by is like have a person who's kind of the the coach of the table to just keep everybody on track of of making sure you're always moving forward. That's how the turn timer game felt more than anything. We weren't like being really stringent about turn timers, but boy, that game was like very open communication about just like, okay, it's my turn and I'm doing this and I'm done doing this and now it's your turn to go, go ahead and go. And it was like everybody having that like play fast, but also know when it's so-and-so's turn made things go even faster, I would say. Yeah. Uh, one last thing too. Uh, yeah, you could you could have some moderator, but um, New York City Twilight Imperium culture. If you don't know about that, um, New York City, the greatest uh, city in the world for Twilight Imperium, not for anything else, but for Twilight Imperium, it's the greatest city in the world. Uh, we actually do. Uh, we I'm a part of it. This was I kind of like consulted on this. Uh, mega blocks. We use mega blocks mm -hmm. that are different colors, mm -hmm. and you stack them like offset. Right. And you hand the mega like when it's your turn, you take your color mega block off the top of the stack mm -hmm. you put it on the bottom you hand it over to the next person guess what when you pass you take your mega block off right the whole thing yeah and then you pass it along tower. very very cool um and you it does not require another person it's just part of your turn yeah. at the end of your turn you pass the on baton, the baton literally the rally baton moves to the next person that's that's what's pretty funny great. is the the new york city league uh doesn't have there's no purple mega block <laughs> so that's kind of interesting <laughs> purple player never plays they just don't play the game purple player it's a pink one and you kind of just have to figure that out <laughs> uh all right we got a series of questions about the tournament uh in in the prep for this episode we asked you know we, we said you know feel free to make this also like a tournament mailbag episode so consider this the the tournament segment of the mailbag episode uh, and our first one up is from Lance. What's the draft design this time around? I'm glad you asked. A lot of these questions were asked before some of this information was posted like literally in the past few days. But it's also, it's so funny. I can never post everything in enough places because our our uh, our history is so bad with getting the information out there that everybody knows of about five different places that this information shows up. And mm -hmm. if I don't post it in one of those places, it's like it never happened, basically. So, right. uh, so, anyways, to to get it out there, uh, the draft for this year because we didn't do like a draft podcast episode. There's a video uh, that that reveals the slices, but the draft is very simple this year. It is just multi draft, uh, except for it's the six slices we designed, just six, and it's six completely randomized factions. But it's an incredibly tight multi draft 
There is no leaving anything out. Uh, the options in the multi-draft, every single one of those things will get chosen, which means things like Arborek and Yin that people are very often like afraid to pick and choose not to pick. You have to be prepared to take those factions and have a plan going into it uh, for, for every single faction and every single slice in the game. Uh, and that's it. That's the whole draft. Yeah, so it's pretty simple. Um, no, no faction pool nonsense beforehand. Yep. Um, it's just, yeah, you, you, you get the same slices. I mean, we crafted them. Yeah. Uh, we and they're perfect. Um, <laughs> and then six random uh, factions, and then you just draft like normal, mm -hmm. uh, where you're, you know, you take either either your faction, either your seat uh, in, in the original order or the order for round one. Yeah. Uh, and then slice, and you just keep going snake draft style. Um, yep. And that's what multi-draft is, by that's the way, if you don't know what that is. <laughs> it's it's so hard because every once in a while I'm like, wait, do we need to re-explain multi-draft in this moment? And it's like sometimes like there's certain streams or videos where we do. And then there's sometimes where it's like, I don't want to like hash out multi-draft again. It's become so commonplace that I, I do think most people know what it is, but I always get afraid. We still need to do the definitive <laughs> yeah. YouTube series of YouTube videos that explain basically everything when it comes to. Um, playing Twilight Imperium yeah. online. And I do think things are stable enough now to right. where it does make sense at this point. Like yeah. things are not going to drastically change. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, next up, the wild one asks, what does play once a week? Uh, when does that start on the timer and when does it end? If I can only play in the tournament once a week, as stated in the rules, could I play, say, on Sunday and then play the next day on Monday or Tuesday, knowing I won't be able to play again for two weeks? Uh, <laughs> so this is why in, in our documents and stuff, we say you can play a game once per week, Monday through Sunday. And that is meant to answer this question. I know it's vaguely put and it's just in a parenthetical, but the idea is the clock resets every Monday. Uh, yeah. All of this, honestly, is flexible, y'all. Uh, in theory, this would all be like adhering to like UTC time zone, but we're also not gonna like disqualify people because they broke the rule by like three hours of the clock yeah. or whatever like i i'm not actually that concerned with it honestly it's to be determined if i can even keep up with making sure any of these rules are adhered to you know what i mean like the right. channels are popping off so quickly i don't know if i can perfectly track in the moment who all is what in what games but the the, the main point is to prevent Things like I start a game Saturday morning, it goes poorly for me, so I tank the game, mm -hmm. make it end quickly, and start a new game the same Saturday or the next day or something like that. The, the, that's the purpose of the rule. It's that's just the to prevent outcome that we're yeah. trying to avoid. Right. Yeah. It's not about like we just really badly only want people to play once a week. It's just that we don't want there has to be some stakes to, okay, I did lose, which means there's at least a reset period before I can get in on that next one. It's true. So, so yeah, I would say that it just to, I don't know. It's like, I, I want us to let, we're going to stick with this rule yeah. so with this Sunday through this Monday through Sunday timer reset yeah. rule. Obviously we're saying like, it's a little loose cause we don't even know if we can track it. Yeah. I'm really glad you spelled out the outcome that we're right. trying to avoid. Right. So if you end up tanking a game, and then and then we hear about it yeah because you you know we'll hear about right. it we hear about things that <laughs> the are discord nothing. goes nuts when scandal yeah. happens yeah. okay <laughs> i just want to say for the record if you do this we will hear about it right okay <laughs> and then we look into you and we find out you played like three games that week yeah that's when it's an issue right 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 if if i find out you played two games that were super great games and were friendly and you played them just slightly too close to each other 
I'm not going to come to your well, house. Well, you won't even find out about that. <laughs> yeah, no you know one what will I mean? Like, that's what we're saying. On it. Yeah, exactly. We will probably not find out about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, if if pe- people keep asking, like, as if we're going to, like, come down on you hard yep. if you stretch this Sunday-Monday rule, we're not. Yep. But if, if you are a jerk or some stuff goes down... Yep. And then we find out you've been really bending this rule. Yeah. Then yeah, we're probably gonna be. It's probably gonna be uh, bad for you. Honestly, like this is the main reason Hunter and I traditionally don't put rules down because the second we write down the like this is the confines of the rule, that's the second everybody tries to then see what the what's the limit of that and try to break it and stuff. And mm-hmm. the, it always comes down to for us, it's like it's not about the rule. It's about that outcome. It's just about outcome. don't be yeah. weird, which is why we in the past have usually said, like, just don't be weird. And if you are weird, we'll find out about it. And then we'll deal with that in the moment. Like that's well, every year don't before be this. weird is probably I know. Not but the, no, no, no. My point, my, my point <laughs> is there hasn't been a rule. And, and what what we have always operated on is the second something bad does happen, that's when we'll come in, evaluate the situation, because every situation is unique and different, and we'll yep. just have to apply some sort of thing. Well, th- this is a small enough community with low enough stakes that we don't need some kind of like perfectly exacted punishment for each infringement kind of policy. You know what I mean? Sure. I-, I don't think that that uh, enriches the experience for anybody to have these hardline stances on anything. I'll say this. Somebody asked, they were like, what if... What if I want, so it seems like I get one game a week. So what if I, what if I played four games in one week and then didn't play for a month? Like something like that. Right. I feel like if you're asking that, I, I just don't want you to do that. Yeah. Like, so I would say like, if, if to offer some sort of ceiling as far as how bendy this is. Yeah. When that person, I forget who it was. I'm sorry. I forgot. It was Um, on the discord and it came and went. It was on the discord um when that person proposed that i was like i don't really think that that's a good way to encourage people to do this right because how are you even gonna stack all those games on top of each other it already sounds like bad from an organizational standpoint so yeah like i want to make sure i'm putting out there like we are not going to hunt after every infraction when it comes to the sunday to monday rule Mm -hmm. uh but also do not play four games in a row like do not like do, do not stretch it to that extent yeah right. maybe maybe you sneak in an extra game because some players needed there was a group that just needed one, one player, player real quick and right. i played yesterday but you know what i'm free today i could just sneak into this group and no one will know and i'm just trying to yeah i'm, I'm just trying to play yeah whatever you're not gonna get in trouble for that we're not right. we're never even gonna find out about that yeah um but if you're like really trying to min max everything and you're like you know what? This game's not going great. I'm gonna get out of here and play tomorrow. It's yeah. like, well, yeah, we're we'll yeah. find out, and we're at the gonna very find least, you and we'll go to the, your house. The, the the hard and fast rule I do have is like about rage quitting or tanking games like that. Yeah, if if we like, this is the main reason it'll be sad that we won't have like vods for every game. There's no way mm-hmm. I don't want there to be vods for every game. But the reason I would is just to have like footage to go back to to check in on how like games went that end up having some sort of scandal to them or whatever. But yeah, it's like. It is a zero tolerance uh, policy with rage quitting. Basically, uh, if if it if it comes that you uh, dropped out of a game or whatever, we will definitely investigate it. Now, I understand there's like technological problems that happen, and that that's why we go and investigate these things. But if it becomes clear that you just like dropped from a game because you know your home system was taken or something, like all right, 
well, then you're just not in the tournament anymore. That's it's a pretty easy solution for us, actually. Uh, so yeah, I that I would you could apply that thought process to most questions about specific rules in the document. I know one that we don't have on here that has been asked a few times, and if anything, maybe we can hash it out really, really quick. Uh, is with regards to turn timers, there are, of course, people that don't particularly love the time limit, the eight-hour soft time limit thing. Sure. And it has been proposed, and I'm okay with this, and Hunter, I want to get your take on it. If all six players in the game can unflinchingly agree to have a game with no time limit in the qualifiers, can they agree to play without the time limit in the qualifiers? This is like the same thing, right? Yeah. It's like the same thing. <laughs> this is the same question. Yeah. Why is. would I ever know <laughs> if you didn't play with the time limit? Exactly. So what if my answer is, no, no, play with the time limit. I will not find out if you all agree <laughs> to not play with the time limit. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is he all? Exactly. It's, we are not. Just play Twilight Imperium. <laughs> we're, we just play Twilight Imperium. Okay. And if. If somebody wants to play with the time limit, I'm with them, okay? We said there's a time limit. Yep. Play with the time limit then. Yep. If you all agree not to play with the time limit, if yeah. every single person agrees not to play with the time limit, why would I know right. that you did that? The six of so you play this it. game more or less in a vacuum, and as long as none of you is a snitch, it's not going to get out. It's not <laughs> Any, gonna get anything out. you it's all gonna choose gonna to okay. do. It's going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. The, the, we are not at that level yet where institutionally we have <laughs> the ability to come down hard on people yeah. in the way that 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 y'all are talking yep so yeah of course if you all if you all agree but if you're asking me if you want me to rule on it yeah well i'm gonna say you need to play with the time limit you understand yep. is this making sense yes like yep. just what we want is good outcomes for right. people that's that's our priority it's not min maxing the rules of this tournament so that's exactly what me and matt yep. want it to be right that's it's okay for there to be some wiggle room here yeah. Yeah. basically um but yeah if if we're not gonna find out if mommy and daddy are not gonna hear about it then mommy and daddy don't care you know what i mean <laughs> that's how it goes uh the next one is uh, mildly related but gets at a more specific point so moses and ryan both ask these two questions it sounds like we can form our own tables and play groups in the past tournaments you wanted to reduce the ri risk of players teaming up to choose a winner in the current tournament should everyone at the table state if they know the other players also it sounds like we can form a table of friends to play together for the qualifiers is that correct what would uh, i'm gonna save the second one actually for for a minute let's let's at least yeah, just yeah. cover this idea sure this community has gotten so tight-knit and big and these people play so many games especially honestly it's async async changed everything y'all play 400 games at once with everybody and you have now met everyone that plays ti basically it has gotten to the point where we can't stop people from playing with people they've played with before right that 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 is just not realistic so many of you are friends that are available in the same time zones and at the same times so of course you're going to find a game together i think it is proper to do your due diligence and say like i've played with so and so at a game it's not a requirement uh but mm. you know you know as for the collusion side of things in theory it's not supposed to be possible because again if you win a game you're out of the qualifiers you cannot be a part of it anymore no questions asked so there is right. no way for your friend to help you win and then in a later game you, you to help, help your friend, your friend win yeah. so that that just can't happen 
people keep asking for like further extension of that. What if six people all agree that five of them can get through? Then it's up to you, okay? Then you just do that. I don't know what to tell you, man. If you all want to like rig the system in a really stupid way, now you'll you lose in the prelims. Even that example, Matt, isn't going to work because other people are going to have to get involved. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to hear about it. Like, exactly. and then it's going to be a thing. Right. And then we're going to have to find all of you yep. and exile you forever. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, you'll make sock puppet accounts and then we'll find out right. that you're that person again. And then we'll get rid of you again. Okay. Yeah. We can do We've the dance this. or we can just have fun playing Twilight Imperium. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are okay. Even if you rig the prelims, you are not going to win the finals. I right. promise right. you won't. Right. Because here's the thing. I, Every person that has won has gone all the way to the finals. They did not need any cheating right. in order to do that. So you're going to get stomped yeah. by the people that actually know what they're doing. Yeah. You understand? You little cheaters out there. <laughs> so if you want to rig the prelims to this extent, whatever, yeah. be my guest. But it is going to fall apart for you when right. you get to the prelims. So it doesn't, it, I don't care. Yeah. And, and also like, it's, I love this structure for the qualifiers, but like, the prelims is still the prelims, y'all. Like, yep. it's still going to be 216 people, yep. and then that's going to get whittled down to 36. That's a brutal whittling, yeah. Yeah. okay? like <laughs> Brutal only, whittling. Only 36 of you are going to the semifinals. Yeah. So, like, yeah. If yeah. you want to concoct some Ocean's Eleven style, <laughs> like, heist in order to get you into the prelims undeservedly... Yeah fine congratulations right. to you yeah. and may you lose very quickly yeah you know exactly this mentality i think extends to the other stuff i see asked a lot which is like um with regards to people trying to figure out how to work in availability for the qualifiers and it, it basically comes down to like when people are like can i play an async game for the tournament can i play in these other formats for the tournament uh and I liked the way Elspeth put this at one point, actually, and it was like, yes, this is this is getting at the point, which is to say, if you can't find availability to play a game of Twilight Imperium, that like this tournament is for that, right? It's this is not an async tournament. The finals are not going to be an async game. The semifinals are not going to be an async game. So if there's no way from now to December for you to sit down and play a full game of TI, I can't expect you to be able to do that from January to May, right? Which means this just isn't the tournament for you. That's all That's all that that comes down to. So, uh, like, the reason the system exists is because in the semifinals and finals and prelims, we want to stream all the games. So that's the expectation. So the other thing we whittle out is the people with, like, really, really, really terrible availability, basically, <laughs> to a certain right. extent, at least. This, this tournament is there to help us find some of the best players and also the players who can play and have access to yeah. playing the game. Um, uh, what would it require to make a real in-person non-simulated game of Twilight Imperium using a real table and board tournament legal? Surely if everyone has entered into the tournament, a game of this type could be some standard of documentation uh, or reporting to be qualifier legal. This is where I maybe get a little bit weirder. I, I don't think it can work. The biggest thing is we're trying to run a lot of numbers. Uh, Drago Thaxton does like amazing stuff. The Parsley Sage does amazing stuff with how stats can get shared around. TTS and Tabletop Playground have the benefit of saving lots of minute information about the game right. over the course of the game. And that is data that we can track and make cool uh, assertions based on <laughs> or whatever, right? This this tournament is for fun, but it's also to like get in interesting, cool numbers. 
And so for that reason, we don't really want to allow in-person games. Uh, I I think it's cool, but hey, listen, like we said earlier, we're trying to make a separate event for that, right? I think there should be an async tournament. I think there should be our TTS TTPG tournament. And I think there should be an in-person tournament. And I think all of those have separate things to them, basically. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's organized through the Discord. It's, it is, it is online. That is, that Mm -hmm. is like a key component of what it is so i i realize like yeah and i this is why it's good that we're doing an episode like this so we're kind of establishing like what are the things that me and matt care feel strongly about what are yeah. the things that are there's wiggle room um and i would say there's to me there's no wiggle room here yeah um it is it is an online tournament if you're playing in real life i realize that you all will like are you know in the tournament yep. you're all in real life you it's a non-simulated game I still just feel like that's that's not the spirit of this event. Um, right. And it just, it it's impossible for us to like kind of check on that. Yeah. And there will be no trail of it either. There'll be no record of it whatsoever. Right. Um, and I need, if something bad happens, I want all the paper trail yeah. of Discord exactly. so that I can figure out what went down yeah. and so that I can, you know, find you and hire John Wick to kill you. You know what I mean? Like that's what, that's our current plan is if we break the rules. Then uh, I find Keanu Reeves, you know, um, and he puts on the John Wick, uh, you know, suit yep. and uh, he's thinking he's back. You right. know what I mean? Like that's, that's how it's going to go down. Yeah. Um, I think we've covered a lot of this uh, sensibility. Maybe we can rapid fire the rest of these tournament related questions because I think they all fall within this same logic. Uh, So Portmandia asks, somehow I found myself invited to join one of the first qualifier games with a talented group, Elspeth, Susan, Brian, uh, Quantum Octopus, Jadim Jedi. To paraphrase a classic poker saying, if you look around the table and can't find the sucker, the sucker is you and it's me. I know I'm going to be the sucker in this game. Let's just pretend for a moment that I'm going to play this game to win and not just end up with some sort of mangled chew toy between uh, Brian and Susan. What's your advice of keeping your head above water at a table of sharks? I don't know. Just lose. And, <laughs> I don't know. Lose so, what, gracefully. What, what, what is this even supposed to mean? What uh, Keeping your head above water at a table of sharks. Uh, yeah, I mean, you might not be, you might be outmatched here, bud. Yeah. Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it is not poker. Sorry. This isn't poker. Mm-hmm. Is, are people confused? People think this game is poker. It is absolutely not. Um, you do not need to worry about keeping your head above water at a table of sharks. You might just be outmatched. Mm-hmm. Um, if anything, here's my advice. Just shut up. Just don't <laughs> right. even talk. Don't anybody. engage with them. Yeah. Just sit there and play your little game. Yeah. And don't bother thinking about what's going on with them. Let them play each other. Yeah. And perhaps they'll all mess each other up so much that you'll have like an opening yeah. and you'll just kind of stride on into the victory. If I you're in that there. was That's like a notable. Possible. Who was it? Was that Shorty 5-5 in tournament one where it's like we had these super notable players in the semifinals and they just decimated each other and Shorty 5-5 just like played a tight little game in his corner. It was like, cool. Y'all completely screwed each business. other over. I minded my yep. business. I'm going to waltz my way into the finals now. Yeah. Uh, I, it works. So just do that. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, that's that's how I would play it. If I were you Portmandia, uh, I would just let them play their game at each other. To be honest, I mean, you've got 
you've got Brian in there, and Brian was going to cause a ruckus. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'd just hang out in Brian's shadow a little bit. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Anytime go. Brian said anything to you, just be like, yeah, Brian, I agree. <laughs> Let I'm him take you. all the heat uh, so that everybody else wants to hurt Brian more than they want to hurt That's how you. I would do it. Yep. Um, quant- the problem is that you also got a lot of, I mean, I don't know what you're talking about because you got a lot of. You got a lot of quiet killers in there. Yeah. Quantum uh, will probably also be playing your game, Portmandia. So I'm not really. That's the other thing. It's like you're saying, like, I'm at a table of sharks. And it's like, uh, Quantum is not a shark. <laughs> Neither is Jadim. These right. are not sharks. It's just really Brian and Susan. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they'll they they'll they'll do that. So just, you know, give them the spotlight. Yep. Yeah. Shine that light right on them. Let them eat each other. Uh, the lighter returns us to what we were kind of just talking about, asking for in real life games, which we said no to, but this is the funnier one. Or what's what, what could happen to six people at a table, each running a computer with tabletop simulator or TTPG and audio recorded in a mic. I would allow that. I would allow TTPG yep. LAN parties. That's fine. Yep. As long as it's being played on an internet connection, that that uh, data is getting uploaded to, yep. uh, you know, Parsley Sages or whoever's servers. Like, yes, cool. Do that. Uh, let's, let's see more LAN. Honestly, Hunter and I, you and I, we've talked about trying to do that before of uh, like an in-person stream, but we were all on TTS. This was like a few years ago that we were talking about yeah, doing this. Yeah, land of, party like, style. Have, yeah, have have a land party where we can kind of get the best of both worlds of like a camera on the person's face and like the two people can get up from their computers and go have a secret conversation in the corner, but all of the like sort of quickness of <laughs> the, the the simulated version of the game or whatever um i i'm fine with that it, yeah. it's as long as it's happening on tabletop simulator or tabletop playground i i could care less um so yeah you you found it lighter <laughs> uh jesse asks in light of the tournament what are some important table meta concepts that one should feel out when sitting down to play with a group of strangers in order to play uh with and against everyone what kind of plays should someone go for or avoid when playing in a tournament setting versus an at home casual game i think the quickest answer to this is this is kind of the biggest reason something like x minus one exists is the person who really tries to shake up trade and a take too much time with it by trying to offer new weird deals and also like that automatically comes off like you're trying to get one over on people right that's how i feel if someone comes to me with trade and is like hey listen actually i want to make this weird and complicated i'm like you're trying to get an unfair advantage out of this and i just don't want to do it at all that's what x minus one has come to mean for me basically what even is weird and complicated like i don't know if i've heard someone uh actually propose something weird and complicated to me in a long time right um i think people cook up weird stuff like with each other but i think i think as long as you establish that you're like my style of play is like I want things to be straightforward, then I think people will generally respect that. Yeah. Um, so maybe just say that. Right. Just say, hey, I'm I'm like, I'm not trying I'm I'm not going to the casino here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I kind of want to stick to more traditional con concepts um of, you know, yeah. of the kind of home style right. that people I feel like have kind of come up with. I- Which by the way, we did not come up with. I hate how often people credit everything that is like kind of community standard, like right. X minus one, as if we made it up. Right. We did not make it up. We nope. Some other people were doing it and we repeated it on the podcast. It doesn't make it ours. Yeah, uh, I, and I would say too within this is uh, sort of to something Hunter was saying, uh, this is a 
this game is about talking to a certain extent, right? Like it's not a Euro right. game is, is all I mean. It's not, it's not a heads down game completely. Uh, and, and so just like being a part of that, like when I see six strangers sit down, the best tables are the ones where they just immediately establish a rapport, like a genuine rapport with each other. And then just like have a fun game. You know, it's, it's, it's that mentality of just like, don't be sneaky with your opponents. I mean, you can play sneaky, you can do sneaky things, but like, above the table just be be there and, and have fun and i think uh, that's the best way to like just have a good time in the tournament basically yeah and to try and answer the second part of the question what are plays you should go for or avoid when playing in a tournament setting versus at home um tournament i think you are allowed us a, a little bit of leeway when it comes to the non-bindingness yeah. of it all right um and at in an at-home casual game, it's probably pretty messed up to stab someone in the back. Yeah. And also, they're going to be able to get you, yeah. you know? Right. If that long play uh, over meta type stuff is going to come back uh, and bite you in the butt yeah. uh, when it comes to betraying deals or, like, tricking someone or blah, blah, blah. In a tournament setting, if all you're trying to do is win this tournament, yep. you can probably get away with being pretty nasty Yeah. Um, as far as you know, betraying your deals or altering the deals or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there might be consequences for you within this tournament. Mm -hmm. But if you win the whole tournament, you're doomed anyways. And you're right. never, ever going to yeah, win Yeah, that, that's one. the so, thing. People talk about like, don't be sneaky in the tournament because it'll get you. It's like, no, no, no. Winning is what gets you. Winning is what right. attracts the most heat. We. It's hard to remember the, the players in the qualifiers who did something really backstabby but still lost, right? Like nobody yeah. remembers that person. But we all no, remember that. that Teddy's jam for you lied about his secrets or, or thought he couldn't score his secrets and then won the tournament right. so that's what happens basically yeah so yeah if you win you'll never win again um so <laughs> it's fine just go for it uh next up is drago thaxton as a stats guy myself what are some of the stats information that interests you when you look or think about twilight imperium as a whole or when preparing for one of your faction strategy review episodes i feel like stats as far as strategy review episodes um, we are more cowboy than that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really care. I don't feel like there is enough data ever to factor it into a strategy episode. Yeah. Um, I think that for me, everything is kind of informed by anecdotal lived experience. Yeah. Um, that I am that I am experiencing because that way I can explain it to you. Right. Whereas a lot of times when I look at data, any trends I might find are not easy to explain. Yeah. Because even if you're like, oh, uh, I don't know, you take a faction, what's an obvious, like, good faction, like Empyrean or Mahat yeah. or something like that, and just say, like, they're winning. Uh, I don't know how to explain those trends there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can say, like, oh, it's probably because they have good components or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, but it also could just as easily be like, well, people don't know how to play against Mahawked or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, or like maybe Mahawked is generally being picked by players that are more experienced and therefore already have it weighted towards them anyway. Yeah. Like we will never have enough data, yeah. basically, um, in my opinion. I think the game is way too complicated yeah. for that. I, I don't generally try to use stats to inform my opinion you can see trends like you can see that like arborek never wins and be like yeah arborek's probably not as good of a faction but like we don't necessarily make declarative statements of like this is exactly what makes arborek bad we just kind of know 
Arborek doesn't perform well. We know Jolnar does perform well. And like Hunter's saying, mm-hmm. you don't get too pre- prescriptive with that. You just sort of like, yeah, I mean, we see that. And that's the big reason I want stats for tournament stuff is that's the best way to look at what did happen. I'm not trying to get right. stats to explain how to play the game. I like looking at stats to be like, so what was the story of last year's tournament? Oh, it looks like Mahawked is on the rise. Like we people yeah. have figured out Mahawked or or whatever. Oh, Titans have dropped down. We see these little things move and it's just like a social economics kind of thing. It's not trying to say what's the best thing to do. It's just what happened. And then yeah. collecting stats is the best way to get a good look at what happened. And then if you see numbers that stick out to you that are weird outliers and you don't like those, you imagine up new ways to sort of maybe shift those numbers and see if they do shift, right? That's the big thing of us doing like different faction drafts from year to year is like, oh, this maybe maybe this draft benefited X faction a little bit more. Let's right. change the faction draft and see if that changes or not. And sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it does. And, and we'll never really even know if it was the draft alone that like benefited one play style or whatever but you know we it i just think it's good at storytelling basically yeah yeah i think i think you're right like the stats are more fun for just describing how that tournament went yeah and they're less useful for in the abstract right i feel like it's more useful for the strategy episodes to get a very specific, very human opinion that mm-hmm. might be flawed and might it's anecdotal. We, yeah. yeah, it's got those problems. It, it's filtered through the prism of who we are as people. And if that stays consistent, mm-hmm. I feel like a listener can sort of distinguish what might be useful for them, what might not be useful for them. It's yeah. like a it's like a it's like a movie reviewer, yes, right? Exactly. As long as they're the same person regardless of how you feel about their opinion it's useful for you to know where they're at if there's a movie reviewer that you always disagree with and they like a movie you will probably hate it right (laughs) right because they are consistent yeah Yeah. if Um, they are themselves and and you know them then you'll glean your information that way right if you listen to the things i say and it never makes sense to you and i tell you that mahawk is the best faction of the game you probably are like, well, they're probably not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, in my group, and I it's think not that's going to useful. Work. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think I think that's exactly how we used to apply the logic of like people would get upset that we weren't talking about like four player as much. And it's like, yeah. we're not talking about four player. We're talking about six player. But you know the differences between four and six player. So you just have to like kind of extrapolate from our guides what you know what this would mean in a four player context or what this would mean in a 14 point context or whatever right like there there are things that we kind of reliably know change uh this is even true from a stats perspective of the the like global casual tracked stats versus our tournament stats right there are there are factions that perform better and worse between just online Mm -hmm. play and our tournaments and and that's because of the stakes of the tournament and sometimes because of the draft or even just the slices that we're using right Right. if 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 you're playing a lot of regular ti online like i I don't know what i think multi drafts the most common thing and a lot of those are like more chaotic slices than we usually put in the tournament like that has an effect so it's it is just to try to glean what's going on in different uh categories uh one more from kraken here what makes a great tournament game you've spent dozens of hours watching games what makes a game good or bad kraken we have not spent dozens yeah i hate to break that is not the word i would use yeah okay (laughs) uh thousands 
is what I would use. Yeah. Okay. As in more than one thousand. Yeah. My tabletop simulator Does, game time. Like, no. Hold on. Yeah. Freaking. You have played in some of the longest tournament <laughs> games in history, and you're over here being like, you've spent dozens. It's like, uh, oh, do you mean like just you, Kraken? Yeah, yeah, I guess this that would year, be dozens. Kraken then. this yeah. year has played in dozens of hours of TI. <laughs> <laughs> that we have then watched. But yeah, what makes a good, what makes a game good or bad? Um, I like, you know, I like tight, I like tight play and I like creative play. Yeah. I like it when somebody comes up with something I've never seen before. Yep. Um, like for example, just to say something nice about Kraken, the casino thing. So great. But then I also <laughs> like it when people are really sharp mm -hmm. and it doesn't really matter how creative it is. It's just like, oh, they saw this opening, they saw this opportunity and they took it yep. and it just happened very quickly and right. very cleanly and then bam. And then also kind of great when the dice decides who wins. That's hilarious every single time and I will never stop liking yeah, that moment, yeah. to be honest. Boy, the finals, that's, if anything, uh, the finals were so long that I, I was thinking about the final moments of that game and uh, just how I, I almost wonder if a, if a viewer, you know, you compare it to the Luke finish where it's like, oh, I'm screaming. We weren't screaming and on our feet, but it was 14 and a half hours in, but that moment was amazing when the dice were just right. suddenly like, oh, 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 we're done. Oh, okay. Yeah. Pack it's it up, over. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. When the dice decide it's pretty great. Um, what makes a game bad? I mean, I feel like if people get too salty, yeah. that can Just that can spoil the game. Right. Uh, it's understandable that people would get salty. The game is long. Yeah. Um, but I do think like sometimes the the vibe, the attitude gets like really difficult to to watch because yeah. it'll just be like, ah, if it's like if it gets too kind of we don't maintain a level of uh, sportsmanship, I guess, yeah. or just like etiquette. Um, I feel like it can kind of start to fall apart. I do think sometimes players get a little in their heads because it's being streamed. I want to be, I want to, you know, be understandable to that. And, yeah. but yeah, sometimes I think players will also take the game a little too seriously and it will kind of start to bog. Yep. Uh, everything down also sometimes everything gets too complicated with the things people are saying out loud yeah. and the things they're saying in whispers and we have whispers. no idea what the exactly. deals are anymore the most unwatchable games are beautifully complex games where we don't know anything that's going on because everyone's yeah. doing it all in whisper chats that is that's actually a nightmare to commentate because you sit there for an hour in round four with actually no idea what's going to happen and you're just waiting around the, the best games are a talkative table that's playing fast and having a good time with each other like yeah. that's yeah. far none i don't care how smart of players they are if you are six players having a good time that's the best uh best game to watch right yeah i think that anytime there's like a story to it also like anytime it has that sort of wrestling aspect where yeah. it's like we've got players that kind of have a history and they're kind mm -hmm. of all coming together or like we have like some established players and then there's like a newcomer that's yeah. like whoa you're like exciting you're right. obviously very good at this game um, and then everything's kind of taken, everyone's taken by surprise by something mm. like that. Um, honestly, DeSugar's journey from yeah. being in tournament two, losing to uh, Duke Lukem, who then went on to win the entire thing, only to come back and win tournament five. That's an amazing yeah, story. Like, that's just, that's great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I like the zoomed out aspect of it mm -hmm. when it comes to play, when we get to see it in the game itself. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. 
All right, uh, we are gonna take a quick break, and then we've got uh, we got plenty more questions left. So we'll see. I don't know how long this episode's gonna be anymore, but uh, hey, we'll see you in just a minute. Welcome back. Hello, everybody. Uh, I think that wraps up our like tournament section. The rest of this is mm-hmm. uh, a lot more, more varied questions, uh, and we can dive right in with a big one. This is actually like a handful of questions that all yeah, have a similar vibe. So three mm-hmm. questions. Let's just read them all out, and then we'll sort of just have a chat about it. I play in person two to three times a year, but listen to every episode. My group does not listen to the show. How can I ensure everybody still has a good time when I admittedly have an advantage of being more exposed to advice prior to game day? The last thing I want is to win every game and have them stop enjoying it. No, even with having listened to all the episodes, I do not win overwhelmingly. I just know I have an unarguable advantage of game knowledge. How would you deal with playing in a group where you are much stronger player than the regulars and the dynamic is hurting the experience? When there is a noticeable skill and experience gap between players, how far is too far when negotiating in your interests? When someone announces themselves as inexperienced, I tend to tell them if they ever want unbiased advice, I'm happy to provide it unless I'm involved, in which case I'm out to get the best results for myself. Uh, that last one we can even kind of separate because that will be an interesting other sure. topic. Yeah. But in general, uh, this is the opposite of Portmandia's question, right? Portmandia was like, mm-hmm. I'm at a table with everybody better. What about when you're the best one at the table uh, for sure? And I think we kind of talked about this uh, in like last week's episode or something recently of just the idea of like, if they're, if they're all new players, like just play with them don't don't overly quarterback them but i think like being really open about like all deals and just sort mm-hmm. of talking through things and and if they are going to distrust you they're going to distrust you and i don't know how to just like perfectly combat that but like just coming to a table and be like i want this because it benefits me in this way and i think it benefits you in this way and you can agree or disagree and that that's my deal or whatever and and trying yeah. to like always offer up you know, the fairest and best deal you can for everybody while uh, sort of using it as coaching experience, basically, to, like, help them understand maybe why they might make certain choices or whatever. This is a great question for me because I'm always the strongest player at the table. Um, so this has been every game that I've ever that I've ever played. In. Um, I would say that uh, I tend to shut down my advice around round four. Um, I don't want to help the players yeah. beat me. Um, I think that it's good for them to be surprised by things that I might do mm-hmm. so that they learn better next time. I think you learn better from losing than you do from someone playing against themselves. So mm-hmm. there's no need for you to exp- over-explain all of the things that, that are going to make you uh do better in the game because hopefully they'll have some curiosity in order to sort of figure out what it is that you're doing um and also you know you could just plug the show a bunch you could just be like well the thing is i listen (laughs) to the podcast so that's that's why i'm doing so well is because of you know all the great advice that i get from this guy hunter donaldson he's really good at the game he's the best player of all time uh the thing is though like yeah so how do you give how do you give advice? How do you like help people out? Mm-hmm. I think that basically the best thing you can do for your fellow players is to sort of spell out the the synthesized concepts a little bit. Yeah. When a 
when a card comes up that very regularly has a misunderstanding mm-hmm. that you are aware of, because presumably you're in the community and you listen to the show, just spell that out for people. Um, even if it might hurt your own game, yeah. what you want to do is try and, uh, as these like, as these concepts come up, yeah. just address them. Yeah. Because you're not going to get all of them, basically. Right. So there's a difference between volunteering information as it becomes relevant, like, for example, with an agenda, mm-hmm. and just teaching them the game by being like, and over here you have this thing yeah. that's going to be a very important for me. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I would say uh, that the middle part of this question was like, uh, you know, essentially insinuating like the dynamic is hurting the, the experience. I, I would say the number one way I've ever felt this is sort of what Hunter was just describing, which is the like that realization of like, I didn't know it worked that way. And it just feels bad that you've like yeah. whipped out the lawyer rule book on me as opposed mm-hmm. to, it's like that never feels good. So People think you're being weird when you like play too coy with just the rules. It's one thing to like try to negotiate in your interests during the game. It's a different thing entirely to just like make sure players understand components to their absolute fullest or whatever. And I think you should be very public with that. You shouldn't do anything that's like even like like as simple as like, oh, I stashed my trade goods like over here. I was prepping a build like that kind of stuff can get weird with players who aren't like don't know enough things and they don't know what to look out for or whatever. Like making sure public information is public, basically. Uh, I I think you should, and if anything too, like if you are better, it shouldn't be that big of a deal to play uh, with some added weight against you, right? In terms of like, hey, listen, I'm gonna kind of probably often tell you how you could be using a component better or whatever uh, because you don't know this weird interaction or whatever, even if that's to your detriment. But it's like in certain settings for for all these questions, it sounds like you deserve more bad things to happen to you anyways. uh, And it's not fun for your other players to uh, just have rules spouted at them that hurt those players, right? It's like, oh, you can't do that. So you lose the game now. That's, I think, the number one thing that would like make it feel bad i think just you winning more often is probably not what makes anybody feel bad but it's like why are you winning is it just knowing things more well then do everything you can to help the other players know the components better as you play or whatever also just practice the things that you're bad at like why are you like don't yeah don't if you're playing with a group of inexperienced players like maybe this isn't the time for you to play like your best faction maybe this is time for you to start working on uh, you know how we're wrong about Arborek, and right. they're actually great. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like pick pick factions you don't play. Uh, play bad factions and try to figure out how to make it work. Like, just treat it as like challenge mode. Yeah. Um. If 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 it really is like gonna hurt the experience, like okay, well then I want to see you get this win. Uh, as Mentak yep. that you never play, or right. I want to see you get this win as Arborek, or I want to. You know, uh, Winu is like kind of the worst, right? If they're inexperienced, then you winning as Winu is boring, not impressive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's actually, um, you know, but like whatever. Like, and and they'll they can't learn the whole game by just hearing you say all of it in one game. Yeah, they are going to have to experience the game in order to learn it, especially if they just refuse to listen to this excellent podcast. <laughs> So like if they if you can't you know you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it drink that's what i say 
Um, and you know, and we are the water, and you must be drinking us up. Uh, you're all our little horsies. Uh, as for the last bit, though, just in general, uh, when when negotiating with the skill gap, that one's definitely tricker, trickier. And there's even a certain amount of it where it's like. It's just hard to make that stuff go away. Again, I mean, look at how hard it can be for someone like Jono or Teddy's Jam for you or DeSuga now to to do deal making in their games. Like people want to do less deals with them because they've seen them have success rates, right? Th I think this is just a global problem to TI is if someone is perceived as better, it's harder for them to make deals happen that they, that they uh, will make benefit them or whatever. I do. I deal the same way with everyone now, regardless right. of them being new or experienced players. I just make everything. Everything is cheap. Yeah. Because the cheaper things are, then the more deals you get to do. Right. So, it, you know, you might say like, oh, I want to charge, I want to charge four trade goods for whatever. And it's like, all right, well, what if you charge two or one? Uh huh. Then uh, they, you probably sell even more stuff. You know what I mean? Eventually right. you're selling everything you got if you're selling it at one right. and then you're making more money overall. Like yeah. I'd rather make more deals and them each be cheap. Uh, then throw a bunch of heat on one transaction. Uh, that's just never really made that much sense to me. Yeah. Um, so I would say with that policy, generally newer players are going to take a deal of, of something cheap and so are experienced players. So yeah, yeah I, I, I have trouble uh, relating to that one because I've long just decided that I'm no longer interested in a price gouging right. on my, my stuff anymore. Right. Uh, and I look down on all of you for still doing that. You need to get on my level. <laughs> Official Dave account and Susan uh, asked these combo questions. As someone who just got into TI in the last year, I'm a little confused by the current boat floating meta. How did this meta come about and do you think it adds to the TI experience or takes away from it? Personally, I think a bit of drama makes for a more memorable experience, but this seems to be a minority opi opinion, at least uh, when playing with random people. The podcast tends to discuss things through the lens of the boat float meta when there are loud proponents of a more warfare minded meta in the community. Is there space in your discussions for talking more about combat forward strategies in your topics? <laughs> my uh, my my caddy answer is, uh, yeah, if if the war minded people would start winning tournaments, then I'm all for it. I'll, yeah, I'll if talk got about better at the game, but you all suck <laughs> so much. You were so bad at the game. If you just got better then we would all play this way. <laughs> You all are so bad, dude. Like, I can't believe how much y'all come around and you're like, oh, you should just fight in round two mm -hmm. a whole bunch. And then I just watch you and that other person lose. Meanwhile, Jolnar and Hakan are going to decide who wins the game in round five. You, it's entanglement, people. Yeah. I don't know how many times we have to explain it. It's not boat float. That boat float is not... That's, same thing is entanglement. This is actually a great point. Uh, we have let things get away. Like the quote unquote boat float meta is a different thing than yeah, dude, entanglement. What are people talking about? That you cannot boat float in every game. Right. Like the idea of like Yin and like, or well, maybe Yin's not the best example. Well, no, Yin's a fine example. Yeah. They're two commodity faction. <laughs> right. Like if you are Yin and your neighbor is like L1, it's like, I don't know how much boat floating you can do. Like, <laughs> It's not like yeah. every single faction in the game is an economic faction. Yeah. All right. Right. That's a limited resource. Yeah. Boat floating is different. Entanglement is this thing of I sort of need yeah. the players to all be on an even keel right. for a certain amount of the game so that when we get to that final round, things shake out in a way that I understand will possibly lead me right. to having a higher chance of winning. And that means that 
if I invest a bunch of my own resources into hurting a player earlier in the game and I cannot recover from that investment, I've taken myself yeah. out and I've taken them out. Yeah. Now, calculated aggression, like I can do this to you and hurt you and I will survive. That's excellent. And we've never spoken out against sure. that. That's awesome. Right. But how often does that come up? It's yeah. kind of, it's not the most frequent thing that we see right you know that's the big thing that's why i it's like i almost push back against the questions you know is it a bit more drama for a more memorable experience or is it two people that tanked their game in round two and yeah, now there's what? no drama now there's two people that's that have been drama. removed from the drama <laughs> now there You're are right. four people in the end game less things can even happen the most dramatic finishes are when all six people are in the game in the final round and are jockeying for position uh, in that in that final in those final moments the drama mm -hmm. is not there when it's like well soul and jolnar crash their bicycles into each other and hakan's just gonna win and we're waiting to see that happen yes that's the thing is if you if you fire all of the guns in round two and three yeah then you will not have any left over in round five and then the end of the game right. which in my opinion should be when it's the most dramatic right just won't happen and yes, occasionally you do find people, like there are moments where elimination comes up. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I guarantee you if we interviewed those players that have been in those tournament games where an elimination happened, it would be a, a it's it's several factors colliding at once and those players having the wisdom to yeah. recognize that it works right now. Right. Oh, I can I this is my I, I can do it. Right. I can eliminate. Okay. Right. There are probably even games where someone's been eliminated and it was like, uh-oh, and then that upset the balance of things and the, the player in the lead yeah. hung on to that lead. So there is going to be a player at the table that wants violence to happen, mm -hmm. but that player is not the player doing the violence or having the violence done to them yeah. a lot of the time. Right. I think something that maybe we, in part of like us getting blamed for boat floating or blamed for entanglement or whatever... I do understand the the complaint out there of like there's this sense in some metas or with some players where it's like if you do anything to me I'm going to fly off the handle and and right. like tank the game even when it's like you took a planet from me. You know what I mean? Like you didn't tank my game, you took a planet from me. And and when we talk about the like Euro morning crew, what we're talking about is a group of people who don't take it personally when stuff gets taken from them they don't they right. don't worry they they recognize there's a way out of those problems right oh you took you you threatened you extorted my home system i'm not gonna like make this the the defining characteristic of the rest of this game i'm gonna try to find my way out of it that's a great mentality to have and and i do applaud like that community for that stuff and i understand their frustration with they go and do a random match on the ti4 online discord and someone gets just super bent out of shape and really tanks the game for no reason. Like, I understand that being like, oh, boat float meta has got, gotten way out of hand. And it's like, that's not what boat float meta actually is, though. Like, yes, a player should get punished for leaving their home system completely undefended next to a handful of L1 Z1X dreadnoughts, right? Like, and, yeah. and if, if L1 has a stockpile of command tokens and it costs them almost nothing to just wipe out that home system, then that's what should happen to the other player. That's not, you know, that's not some horrible offense to the person who left their home system open. I totally, I totally get that. Speaking as a person who has gotten butt hurt for like my weak plastic situation being taken advantage of, right? Like I've, I have to 
to even reckon with that. So I do understand a certain amount of a lot of us, myself very much included in this, have to definitely include you, Matt. Care You're less about bad things happening to us in a game of TI. You know what I mean? Bad things happen in these sure. games of TI and, and you can't let that make or break your whole uh, opinion of that particular session. I the way that the the way that the Euro crew is able to get into entangled conflict yeah. and then disentangle though right. is like a very specific aspect yeah. of it that makes it because they're so you know emotionally ready yeah. for the conflict and then the getting out of the conflict uh in that i feel like it's like someone takes someone else's home system and then they end up being support swapped buddies right. by the end of the game oh for like, sure <laughs> because they have time for that and they're all creative enough to make that work then sure but they all have to be on that level yeah. right if 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 some of them aren't then it might just all fall apart right basically um so that's a that's a type of thing that i think the reason a sort of entangled way of looking at it is more prevalent in the overall online space mm -hmm. which by the way like i i don't know like the fact that boat floating gets so assigned to us is so crazy i i don't know if you've ever played with me listener but it seems like you haven't. It seems like you've <laughs> never played with me ever. Uh -huh. I, I am just a simple deal, man. I do not, yeah. I'm not trying to over the top get in bed with any other player. Yeah. I've not, I almost never have indulged in that type of play. Yeah. I can think of one game in the last two years where I received many, many transactions from a single player. Right. It's just not the way that I approach the game, generally speaking. Yep. So I am not a boat float guy. If you want to boat float me, hit me up. Let's do it. But <laughs> I'm, I'm not seeking it, and it's not my style of play. Yeah. Um, I, though, am interested in making sure that this Winslay carousel works out in a way that yep. is to my advantage. And right. I will manipulate that politically uh, and through discouraging conflict that isn't in my interest yep. and encouraging conflict that is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel like maybe me and Matt are a little sensitive on this because generally speaking, a lot of our haters will <laughs> kind of make it sound like the way we play the game is uh, no violence ever. No, please mm. no, never any conflict, no, nothing like that at all. Uh, when like some of our favorite players have the best, calculation for aggression yeah. like you, well and hunter you get onto me all the time in games and on the show for like doing really stupid things in round three because i think i have to make my opportunity strike early you know what i mean like right i'm absolutely not a peaceful player uh, i it, i fail to get deals done because everybody knows i'm not a peaceful player i'm just right. also not good at the, the the warfare side of it that i'm attempting so yeah it's 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 just the kind of thing that gets ascribed to us because people do it in our tournament basically i mean i think that's the main yeah. the main source of it yeah and i i think that most of the winners of the tournament are not people that boat like i don't i can't think of anybody that boat floated their way yeah. to winning the entire tournament that, that's that's not a strategy maybe like jano maybe Jono. maybe jano <laughs> i don't know and that's even jano was i know yeah that's that's really pushing it i don't i do not think that jano boat floated into the final win right um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it this this is a tough one. Elimination forward though, like mm -hmm. I just want to say, 
just to repeat that out loud, I I do not have a way to reliably eliminate any player. Um, If you have that knowledge, you should share it. Um, You should say, hey, here's a way to just eliminate someone every time and not cost if if it comes up then i'm yeah and it not cost me anything i can still win the game what is that like explain that to me we get a lot of people that are like y'all play the game wrong i play the game right okay show your work i want to see it right just explain it to me i'm open i'm absolutely open you know how thrilled i would be to find out there's a whole new way to play the game that doesn't have to do with just well me and my group do it this way it's like a way that you could apply out to and play with anybody and it would work every time that rules and you should teach us your secret hidden knowledge susan (laughs) drago thaxon x besides the obvious things like availability and communication how do you think the platforms like tts ttpg discord async etc have changed the way we play and the meta overall yeah, I think this, this very much goes with the last question, it right? It does. Uh, I, I think async and uh, TTPG and stuff and, and primarily whisper chats have really taken the some some versions of the game in, in pretty dark <laughs> directions. This like we have to like really talk through every possible interaction at length. Uh, is something that I think has grown over time. It definitely was not there in base game, basically, this like wild Mm. amount of negotiating. I mean, POK in general introduced a lot of components with which to negotiate over. So I get it. But I do think specifically things like Whisper Chat and Async have amplified that and made it it feel commonplace to people to where they do it in other contexts as well, basically. Uh, you know, Hunter and I were originally very big proponents of take your friend into the other room and have a secret conversation with them. Ew. But that was under the but that was under the notion of like, well, I'm holding up the game to do that. Like we weren't going into the other room and having a 20 minute long conversation. We were like real quickly sneaking to like work out a deal and come back into the room. And the longer we spent in that room, we knew it meant people were looking at us badly, right? Like it was a cost to have that secret conversation. And I think whisper chatting takes that cost away and makes it really ugly. I don't know if it makes it ugly. I think it's just like, I kind of feel like people will have private conversations because it costs them nothing all the time. And it's not like, there's so many times when it's just not necessary for it to be a private conversation or they're using private conversation time to just like criticize the other player, (laughs) uh, which sucks. And I wish people didn't do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever. That's 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 where we're at. Um, I do think that it's changed the way we play a lot. Um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of the stuff we were talking about in the last question has to do mm-hmm. with playing online yeah. and with strangers right. and like not having a lot of information about their, you know, wh- where they're at with Twilight Imperium. I think there are certain strategies that sort of float to the top in that type mm-hmm. of. Uh, play that's again tying it back to the morning euro crew they all play like that yeah so therefore you can count on them to be that way right if there were you know two or three of them that were in that group and they did not play that way well suddenly well there's all this conflict happening on one side of the table and the other (laughs) side is not and they're having all this time and space to kind of figure things out and get speaker order locked down in a way that's beneficial (laughs) to them and not beneficial to the others you know you know, this kind of makes me think of an interesting character in the TI community because it's somebody who was around a lot early on and we don't see as often. But then you you mentioned the DreamHack video. David S. Noor 
is mm-hmm. such an interesting person to me because he's a big part of the Texas scene, specifically the Austin scene. And we had him in the DreamHack game and he like showed up in a suit and was there to kind of showboat and make it a fun, interesting, yep. dynamic yep. experience. That is an in-person TI vibe, right? You right. cannot do that. And David S. Nor is not someone who plays online pretty much at all, to my understanding. Right. He did in the very, very early days, but I think he bounced off of it and was like, no, I like this game in person. And right. I, I think that speaks to the biggest differences that the, of what online plays. I think the... The like idea that in a voice chat only one person can be talking at any time completely shifts the dynamic of how communication is mm-hmm. assumed to take place. But at a right. table of six people, me and the person sitting in a chair next to me have an embedded relationship because I literally can lean over to them at any time <laughs> and just sort of talk to them. It's not even a whisper chat and it's not even a secret conversation. It's my pr- my physical proximity to you changes our relationship compared to the person across the table yeah yeah and also like it's interesting because it's interesting that online i feel like things are turned down a little bit as far as warfare is concerned because i wonder if in person we might actually find a similar thing but happening for a different reason right because uh in order if you're tanking someone's game online you don't even know what they look like you're not even you're not looking at you're not in a room with a person um, so obviously there's some things that you can kind of just get around and be like, I'm going to yeah. ruin your game, but yeah. you know, you're in Denmark or whatever, or Germany <laughs> right. or Sweden or whatever. There's such a difference between a digital command token dropping into your home system with like no words being said. And, and that the, the way that threat comes across versus like me doing a hokey pokey dance as I throw the command token into your home system. Like, I guess I'm doing this now. Like they're like yeah. they're, the, the seeing the smile on the face of the person that is playing against you makes the aggression so much more palatable and you can just get sure. it. You can do yeah. so much more or the, the, the opposite is also true. Uh, go back and watch one of the old holiday spectaculars and you can see, Oh Matt no, makes Matt, come on. All of his we friends very, very that. uncomfortable uh, due to his lack of smiles. Uh, it, it, it goes both ways, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not like sometimes people will break chairs. You know, I've sometimes. never seen that. I don't but know. Sometimes people do that. It's a crazy thing. Sometimes that, it happens. It's a thing that can happen, it turns out. Uh, Cabal yeah. of Soul asks, what faction or two do you think is ready for its moment in the sun in Tournament 6? Is there a faction or two that has been running hot and you think is due to regress to the mean? Mm. Uh, I think this year's format of forcing six factions in, we will get some numbers we've never seen before. I think there yeah. are factions that people are just afraid to play i mean this last year we saw cabal all of a sudden have like a decent spike right whereas cabal was like horribly underperforming in previous years because they were bannable right when you could ban cabal nobody ever wanted cabal in the game uh people would ban hakan and we see their win rate climb when they can be chosen now when they have to be chosen right if they are in the pool and must be chosen and people will just deal with the heat of being cabal i think we might see them get better honestly here's my hottest take maybe winu gets way better how many times does winu not get picked because a person is like i just don't know if i can handle the heat of being winu i don't know if i agree with winu Mm -hmm. but i agree that overall this will be helpful to people that specialize in factions that are less popular and i would say cabal i i might be projecting this but i think cabal is a little less popular especially when it comes to pok factions they're a little bit tricky. Yeah. So think about a situ a drafting situation. Let's get abstract here. 
let's say we've got six players. One of them likes a ball yeah. or yin or I don't know, uh, Sardak, something like that. Yeah. Uh, one of those factions comes up in the pool. Well, that player can be like, okay, well, that faction, that bad faction that people don't like, I'm going to just assume it's going to be left to me, right. which means I can draft the other two things freely. Right. I'm getting I'm getting a free faction draft yep. of the thing that I'm uh you know not not that I'm good at but people are generally not into. Right. That could have a profound influence on the stats. So we could see some of the worser factions like jump up. Yeah. I think this is I think this tournament is going to be when we see Yin's win rate skyrocket actually. A lot of people have been talking skyrocket. I mean, well, listen, says. no, no, listen, listen, <laughs> cuz Yin's numbers have been in the trash can. Like they have been right. really really bad. Uh -huh. And but so my, 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 oh my God, my point being they're going <laughs> like a percentage increase. I'm not saying Yin's going to become a top five faction. I'm saying their right. win rate is going to percentage wise probably go up by like 200%. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they're going to get so many more wins just by the nature of people actually being forced to play with them. I mean, I do think we talk. I know I talk too much about yin being bad and they're probably not that bad anymore they're the the po or the codex 3 updates were were helpful for them and there are definitely ways to play yin and do plenty mm -hmm. well just get blue tech and you're going to be fine and I, I think we might see yin like really climb up from the bottom into that like middle of the pack area basically it's a homebrew game but you should check out of a recent youtube video that we put out uh where i play uh yin in a very ridiculous manner yeah uh, and it didn't go that bad. <laughs> it went pretty good, and it was very dumb. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yin is Yin is not bad, but there's not really any bad factions mm -hmm. at this point. There's That's just the factions that are like trickier than others. Yeah. Um, and then there's well, there is Arborak. Arborak, I think, is bad. Just bad. Is they're just bad. Yeah. Um, and and th they need help. Yeah. But whatever. Anybody they'll, you think is going to regress to the mean? Anybody that's climbing hot that uh, that that will get dragged down? I don't know. I do not know how people are not like treating Isarl similar yeah. to the way you treat Winu. Right. Like Isarl has a slow start and is so obnoxious mm -hmm. in the end game yep. and wins so many games in like just a solid can't do anything about it way the fact that people are and of course we're the podcast that never talks about violence or right. whatever <laughs> never do any conflict <laughs> but i'm telling you right now people need to be stopping asarl earlier yep. oh I have, but this is not boat float or yeah. whatever sorry I, I sound really bitter about that <laughs> i just noticed like a lot of you lately have been talking like me and matt never ever ever condone violence want you to do anything yeah. mean to anyone yeah. else in these games and i'm telling you right now people need to be stopping asarl earlier in the game yeah asarl needs to be forced into spending early action cards on mechs and they need to be forced into using action cards in earlier rounds so they mm -hmm. don't have as much later they're gonna steal all your action you gotta, cards so put the pressure on them you gotta do it's the same thing as what you would do to winu yeah, right it's right. like you want to uh, it's not like when I say this, I'm not saying like, oh, you need to like illuminate Sorrel, no. like multiple activations. But I'm saying like, if you can upset their tempo yep. early, it's definitely worth it because if you let Sorrel get good tempo, you will not be able to stop them in the final right. round. Exactly. Okay. So yep. this is a situation where I unequivocally I am suggesting 
a little bit of early violence. Yeah. Not not multiple activations, like one. Yeah, block block a stage one in round round two or three or whatever, and, and then you're probably fine. Uh, honestly, like extra is a little bit similar in that regard, right? Not as severely, but I do think there's a relatively decent mentality of like, get enough in their way so they don't get that hero unlocked in round two. It's not comfortable for extra to have that hero in round two. Don't, don't go, I think it's less get really in their way and more like, Nobody needs to be doing extra any favors. I, I feel like I feel that meta of like, we're not just freely wheeling and dealing with extra so that they can get a perfect economy set up in round two. I, I want to see that hero pop in round three. I don't know. I feel like that I, I'm not, I was really worried when Codex 3 came out, but it's been a long time since then. Yeah. And I have not felt like, I think extra, extra is, they're not it. bad. They're, yeah. they're, they're good. They're, they're a good faction, but they're not like the best. Yeah. They're not like S tier or something. Right. Um, I think the hero is, is fine i think that you could invest some in stopping it but even if you don't it's not like they are for sure going to win the game right. uh, their economy is so good that it kind of maxes out in a way where it's like they don't even know what to yeah, do with it they anymore. don't get the benefits like once anymore. you get all your command tokens out of the bag like what are you supposed to do right you know yeah. i had one really good game as extra because i was able to get a hold of war sons and make solid use of them. Yeah. But even with my busted economy, the War Suns kicked in because that was needed, mm -hmm. like because the objectives allowed for it. So yeah. I got a little bit of extra randomness, a little extra RNG help on top of going down War Suns. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I think if you, if I, if, if, if I need War Suns and the timing to work out, in order to get a win as extra, I don't think they're like broken good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucridio asks, what if TI had truly binding deals in the spirit of sidereal confluence, like without even a penalty for being able to uphold, <laughs> but still an obligation to uphold deals when they were made, even if they cost you later in the game? Um, I mean, I think there's a large percentage of people that more or less already play as if that was true, basically. Like, there's a sizable enough percentage of players that sort of act like all deals are binding at some point within within the context of this game, and they will throw games so that uh, they can uphold the deal or whatever. Um, I don't think the game would actually shift radically if it was formalized. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm not really sure what the deals would be that we're making binding. Mm -hmm. But, because in Sidereal Confluence, can you make binding deals that happen much later? I thought like all all deals happen right then. Well, right? you uh, no, you, you you can you can kick some things down the road like after someone has converted something or whatever. I think I, I might be misremembering. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit. Uh, it's been a long time since we played Sidereal Confluence. Yeah. Uh, but do I think that if uh, if all the deals absolutely have to be binding? Yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I don't think it would really change the game that much. I think a lot of people play like every deal is binding even though it's not yeah um and yeah uh i mean i think like maybe maybe we're a little too stingy about the you know the bindingness of non-binding deals i think right. maybe every once in a while in the tournament especially like that's an opportunity for people to to break a deal yeah um but it, it's never really made sense in the long term in any kind of casual play or like anytime you're playing people you're going to play with again yeah, yeah. Uh, Cages and DJ Dolch ask, <laughs> uh, they ask, can we get some love advice? And also, which yeah. TI race would be the best kisser? Well, Matt, go ahead and take the love advice. <laughs> 
No, you promised last week that you were going to be all, you said you were going to do research and you were going to come to the table with some love advice. We, we got ahead of this one. Hmm. Um, my, what would, well, you're the one that's married though. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think you do have to take the love advice. Well, one. fine. You think about which TI races are the, are the best at kissing. I mean, uh, I already even know that. I think one, we've answered that. I think we've literally answered that question before in some other context of, of the good kissing factions. But yeah, yeah. Here's my love advice for you. Uh, don't swap supports unless you mean it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to make it a, a TI. What does that mean? <laughs> just, just, just like be prepared. Gonna, be prepared to gonna... have your support broken. I suppose. Okay. Yeah. That was kind of sad. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'm, I'm going to jump into me and Katie's wife chat and be like, "Is everything okay?" Like, I just asked Matt for love advice, and he just said some vague stuff about breaking support. Y- y'all aren't getting divorced, are you? Is this, you're going to announce it's a illegal right here. It's illegal, show? and you can't, and they'll arrest you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, some love advice. Um, stay true to yourself. You know, listen to your heart. Don't laugh. I'm giving real advice. Listen to your uh, heart. You should listen to your heart. I have not been very successful in love, which is why I was trying to get Matt to give you all some advice, but Matt doesn't want to do that. Um, so I guess I'll just have to say, like, try to try to find people that you have weird things in common with and then talk about your weird stuff to such an extent where no one can understand you except for just <laughs> the two of you. Um, and then hope that that ends up working out. And if it doesn't work out, try not to get uh, too bummed about it. Uh, take time for yourself and then move on with uh, with your life uh, and eventually maybe you'll find somebody as weird as you are mm-hmm. um, probably not I mean that's about Nobody, the nobody's as weird got, as though. you you know no you're the weirdest person that uh, I've ever met um, and which TI race would be a good kisser uh, obviously Sardak more I mean and I know that as a fact yeah, um, yeah. through mandibles. experience <laughs> oh yeah I have a little, I, I've got a little bug collection over here of my uh-huh. favorite. I've got them ranked by a kissability and I'm kissing <laughs> bugs every day. And that's why I have trouble in love, you know, because mm-hmm. people are a little concerned about all the bug kissing that yeah. I've been doing. Nobody has um, enough mandibles for Hunter in real, in, in yeah. his real life lived experience. There's just not enough mandibles. Uh, yeah. Baldrick asks, I would like to hear your redesign ideas. If the human faction weren't the Federation of Soul, but instead were the Federation, specifically the Federation of the TNG era. I'm not here for any of this DS9 revisionism. I want the Roddenberry vision of the Twilight Imperium universe. Uh, yeah, I want to clown on Baldrick a little bit here. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Roddenberry's vision of the TI universe, or Roddenberry's vision was definitely not maintained within TNG, buddy. <laughs> okay? Like Roddenberry's vision of TNG was like season one of the next generation. Okay? Uh that that show is the transition point away from Roddenberry's idea of what Star Trek is. All right. And it's, you know, once we get to DS9, then it gets even further away from that and experiments with breaking rules or whatever. But I just want to say, you know, it seems like you have some some older prejudices that I just want to <laughs> say for the record, like Roddenberry, whatever. You know, it's like it was about those people. It's about uh-huh. a group of really excellent writers coming together and working on a show with Roddenberry's, you know, rules in mind. Sure. Mm-hmm. But they mm-hmm. bended mm-hmm. them all the time. They were being bent in, uh, in TNG. Um, well, how would I redesign the human faction to be the Federation from Star Trek? Um, honestly, I, they'd have all the same abilities 
um it would just be patrick stewart on the, on the cover. cover that's it <laughs> it would just be patrick stewart and i wouldn't even really change i would just like kind of take the existing soul art and just make it vaguely look like patrick stewart mm -hmm. uh, and he'd be holding an avocado because a friend of mine told me a story about one time when he had to take uh, patrick stewart to get an avocado and he said that uh, patrick stewart picked up every like every avocado and squeezed it and that took a very long time the man takes a long time picking his avocados good uh well let's follow this up daniel young asked and was seconded by portmania when will hunter allow himself to feel joy and finally watch star trek lower decks um i uh won't <laughs> I won't. No further Star Trek questions. Thank you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, I, I just don't want to. I've had enough. I've had enough Star Trek for now. I also here's here's where I'm at with Star Trek. Just to give you a real answer, I just got done rewatching TNG. Completely finished, right? And I am I am still kind of lightly working on possibly giving you some maybe Patreon only. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not gonna like start a Star Trek podcast. I don't have time for that. But I might record some things. For the people that give money to the show to just listen to. I'm also maybe doing the same thing with the Venture Brothers. I don't know. Um, but I am waiting on that Deep Space Nine HD remaster. Now, I know there's people in the chat. They're going to tell me it's not possible. There's no way they'll do it. It will never happen. I think that the studios are desperate. <laughs> Everybody's freaked out. Yeah. And Paramount Plus is gonna is gonna have trouble keeping subscribers yeah you know and if i guarantee you one way they would try and uh keep subscribers to their horrible stupid app <laughs> is we've got deep space nine hd remaster mm -hmm. has happened mm -hmm. like it it would be exciting people would be excited about this people want to watch deep space nine and hd so i'm going to give that a little bit of time and i'm going to wait uh and hopefully that will happen, and then I will watch that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, I'm I'm not trying to uh, not trying to have Star Trek constantly be in my life. I don't like you know, in spite of the fact of doing this show, I don't like living inside just one intellectual property <laughs> at a time. Um, I, Twilight Imperium is enough. I will live inside a Twilight Imperium. I understand that, uh, but I don't want to be constantly in the Star Trek world. Also, it, the Doctor Who David Tennant specials are right around the corner, mm. okay? So I'm putting my Doctor Who fez on for a little bit, all right? And Matt has some interest as well and stuff. I mean, obviously not any here. But... I don't watch. I, I'll watch. I'm rewatching Breaking Bad. Yay! Uh, I don't know. There you go. That's the show I'm watching right now, Breaking Bad. Awesome. It's the first time my wife has ever watched Breaking Bad, and it's my second time watching Breaking Bad. I just got to where Bill Burr is in it now, so that's interesting. Is it oh, yeah, interesting when Bill Burr that. enters the show? I forgot. I did forget completely that Bill Burr was in the show until he showed up on screen. Uh, that show on the rewatch. Here's what I'll say. Okay, here's some TV talk from Matt. Mm -hmm. I didn't on upon my first rewatch or my first watch of that show. I didn't realize how unpleasant everything and everybody is in that show. Uh, that show is succession <laughs> level. Like everyone is terrible. Everyone's a bad person and not fun to like uh, like have around. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Well, you know, it's about a guy who cooks meth. Yeah. Guess what? Everybody <laughs> okay. else is also horrible. Include like, yeah, he's yeah. really terrible. But every single person in the whole show, they like make a very big point of like, oh, he's just like truly as bad as he can possibly be. They're just like, they're just absolutely the worst. Uh, and 
it does get exhausting after a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, maybe it's not. I mean, if if the characters being bad people in a show called Breaking Bad is a problem for you, I, I feel like maybe the show's not for you. But <laughs> I love Succession, and Succession is about a bunch of bad people. Every single person in Succession is terrible, but uh, that show also uh, is like funny still and i don't I, I think maybe breaking bad is not funny to me anymore is maybe the problem yeah i de- i i definitely did not regularly find breaking bad to be funny yeah. for sure i mean i treated it more like a crime show right you know and i i like a like a kind of goofball crime I, show where the rules of the world were kind of silly i'm in but... the middle of what is probably the like the the most miserable arc and miserable i mean in just the like thematic sense or whatever where it's mm-hmm. like uh, I don't. I, should I spoil things? It's been. It's a lot of years. I mean, this. Well, I, I'm at the part of the show where Jesse spends every episode, uh, just dazed out of his mind in his house. Hank spends yeah. every episode in his bed. Like everybody's actually kind of just sitting around right now. Is is the the beginning of season four? Is like we're all mad and sitting and stewing about it and waiting mm-hmm. for season four to decide to start popping off. Which it's just it's just now starting to to get to. We we've we've we're getting to the part where the season picks up. But that the first half of that season was like real slow, basically. Yeah. Well, Better Call Saul is a better show, yeah. anyways. Listen, um, the only reason we're watching this is so that we could watch it, and then I wanted to watch... I haven't watched Better Call Saul, so that this is all in goal of getting to Better Call Saul next. It's so funny, because uh, uh, very early into the show, uh, my wife goes, you know, really the only people I like in this show are Mike, Saul, Gus... They're the only ones I really like. And it's like, yeah. have I got the thing for you? Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> I don't that, like yeah, Walt and his family. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's so crazy because Walt is such... You'll miss him when you're watching a show that doesn't have him. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a strange character to perhaps be the protagonist of, yeah. a, of a story. Mm-hmm. But you do... Breaking Bad is like... I don't know. It's almost like drama like heavy metal yeah. it just like it just like everything is popping off whenever it's t- it's drama time mm-hmm. when it's tragedy time and walt is just such a like such a force of nature mm-hmm. and for him to believably be a guy that was just a normal guy mm-hmm. who is now making himself into like the godfather into al pacino from the godfather (laughs) is nuts like that's just that's such a wild arc and he is a really impressive actor for being able to pull it off but yeah i do feel like it's not the most subtle show i've ever watched (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) all right our last question is from uh jonathan it's when casino meta gets built into Twilight Imperium 5th edition, should it be attached to Hakan, or should there be a separate casino faction? I love this question so much. Oh yeah, what do you love about it? Just the, uh, now thinking about a separate casino faction that's explicitly the casino faction is uh, is very juicy to me. Yeah, that's that's what I wanted to say is Jonathan, why you ask this question like this? Yeah. <laughs> why why are you why are you out here being like there's two options? Yeah. Their c- casino could be with the Hakan or what about the best idea I've ever heard in my life? <laughs> two options. What about the thing we already have that we know about or a really amazing idea? Yeah. yeah so there should absolutely be a casino faction. Yep. And guess what? I got a great place for it. 
I think in Twilight Imperium Zero Edition, which is what the Homebrewers Guild is currently working on, mm -hmm. we should allow ourselves to possibly seed into the universe because it's going to be a different version of the TI universe at an er set at an earlier point of time. Mm -hmm. That maybe in this early, early time, there was a casino planet. Perhaps a faction? At least a planet. Okay? <laughs> I'm asking Absol and the Loreheads to grant me mm -hmm. a casino planet or faction. Because it'd be fun. Alright? It'd be fun. Let us have one homebrew faction in TI Zero Edition and it will be it'll be Casino Meta the faction. I love the idea of a faction sheet that uh, has to make so much space for the rules of the various gambles, like of the games themselves. Like you need like a separate layer of text yep. just so that you can do all of the casino games basically, or every component. Their promissory notes are things that just start out on the table. They don't even have a faction sheet. That's what it is. It's a bunch of cards that get put everywhere. And these are just the various games you can come play at the, at right. the casino. Yeah, I like that. I also like the idea of a a faction whose help is entirely hired guns mm -hmm. and possibly like giving that some sort of risk reward or advantage disadvantage type element. Right. Perhaps their units are less plentiful, but higher in value, but right. maybe they have to pay them even after they've built them yeah. type situation. Keep, keep the so, thing, keep the dream alive, but you've got, yeah. you've got money rolling in often to, to keep the coffers wet. Uh, Listen, I just have to, I got to get on the road to Amarillo. There's, there's a, there's a, there's just too much going on here and it's freaking me out and I got to get out of this house. Okay. okay. Well, let's get you out of here. Listen, Wait, man, I, I want to thank our weird bears, Big Al, Cappuccino, Squeamish, Emu, Brassford, Kabbalah, Sulkalu, and Daryl, Jadim, Jedi, Carnal, Kindred Spirit, Alice, and Lashevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky, M44, RYs, Tang, and Fancy Zeeling. And I want to thank our Teensy Sprouts, Kraken, Hercules, Savant, Vince. You can rate this on all of the places that have podcasts and you can feed the algorithm stars five at a time is preferable it's a full course meal for the algorithm demon and you can send us this imperium life stories to space cats peace turtles at gmail.com yeah and actually please do send us this imperium life stories because yeah. uh it looks like that is what the next episode will be yeah. um so if you have had one held in your brain in your dome please send it over you have a week we're going to be recording the This Imperium Life episode on like Monday of next week. Yep. So please send us one over if you got one. We do have like a bank of some, but yeah. if there's anything that you're trying to sneak in, this is absolutely the time to do it. Right. Um, uh, just to talk some Patreon stuff really quickly. Uh, Galactic Council, you just got paid off real good. All right. We're not going to talk about you. Okay. And also <laughs> you have a tournament to play. All right. <laughs> you're doing great right now. Homebrewers Guild, though, let's talk. Um, I want to discuss... There's two things I want to talk about. First of all, um, there are a lot of things to be figured out. We figured out our our setting as far as like what time period we're going to set this in the Twilight Imperium universe, and it is going to be the uh, Mahakt Wars, uh, which is a pretty it's it's it would be a time in the universe where the Mahakt Kings are kind of falling apart. The Lazaks will be a faction, um, just a a faction that is poised to possibly take over the galaxy, but they have not done it yet. And this will, this whole game setting will be about uh, revisionist history. We're not going to be trying to make Twilight Imperium play out the way that it plays <laughs> out in the lore. And this is about the this players is an coming and allies, down and, where we make the allies yeah, really good at the game. <laughs> it's not that, um, but uh, I 
I'm interested in a couple of things. It seems like there's some there's there's a lot of discussion about scoring right now because I'm cu- really curious as to how we want to make the scoring work in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is perhaps an a, an option uh, or a point where we can abandon public objectives and say that they do not exist in this variant, mm-hmm. um, and that perhaps we can survive off of a custom set of secret objectives and then objectives that are kind of set out in the world. Um, I would like exploration to be much wilder in this version of Twilight Imperium, uh, mostly because this is an earlier time where less is known about the universe, right? So this is an opportunity to kind of make the world of Twilight Imperium feel wild and unexplored, right? That's the nature of a prequel. Um, So if you are in the Homebrewers Guild or you want to jump into it, uh, these are the things that we're talking about right now. Is scoring, um, do we want to have public objectives or do we maybe want to seek something a little bit different? If we if we want the scoring to be identical to regular TI, that will certainly be easier, right, for balancing, et cetera. Um, and, and obviously, we haven't written any uh, objectives at this point. Yeah. But this is kind of where I want the discussion to be. I also am interested in uh, choosing a faction as sort of our first prequel faction to tackle. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, since we haven't figured out a lot of the overall systems... There's a lot that could change about this, but I think we might learn a lot just from taking one of the factions and trying to modify it to work in Prophecy of Kings, but as a earlier version of itself. So this would include all POK components, um, even though those might not even all make it into the final game, right? Right. Right. Um, And here are the options. The extra, Titans, Empyrean, Argent, uh, Nomad, which actually would be, we can, our, our Nomad game. will have the opposite logic. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the Mahakt themselves, who may or may not be playable in this final version. Right. So Mahakt is maybe not a great option. Right. Um, also, I'm going to leave the Lazax to the side because we do not really have an established Lazax. I know there is a faction sheet for them in TI3. Right. I, that's a little bit too much translation for me right now. Yeah. Um, so which of those factions would we like to sort of work on first as far as making a prequel version of them? Um, so yeah, that poll uh, is up now. Uh, and go ahead and uh, weigh in. Just where where do you want to start this conversation faction-wise? These are, these are the factions, by the way, that are for sure going to be included in the lore of this. Obviously, Mahakt may or may not be playable. So that, that, that part is whatever. Yeah. We'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just weigh in. Let me know. I'm really sorry that we have not played a Yinsterhood game in a mm. while. Um, the tournament is uh, coming up, and that's kind of like, I think, occupying that space. But I actually need to do um, some Necro research games. Yeah. So please pay attention next month. Yes. I will be getting together at least one Yinsterhood game as research yeah. for the upcoming uh, Super Necro Guide, which, to be honest, I could write in my sleep. <laughs> I'll um, almost but... definitely be organizing as one, one as well. It really was getting past this hurdle of the first week of October, <laughs> basically. Right. Uh, and after that, uh, things are much smoother for essentially the rest of the year. Uh, yeah. So th- things are going to get more on track with all of that stuff. Uh, and yeah, hey, tournament goers, get in there. Uh, it, it starts this Sunday. If you haven't already found a game, we said at the top, but uh, go looking for your games. Uh, one a week, you can start looking. I've, I've seen a ton for the first weekend. There's a lot of hype around just that first weekend. But uh, I'm interested to see the rest of the weekends basically fill out. Like I think a lot of people just really wanted to 
get a game in on that first weekend and i haven't done a tally or anything but it seems like the second weekend is like dramatically less games so i'm really curious to see how that like happens from week to week or if people just is that the reality of how hard it is to play in games in advance uh may, maybe that's the thing we will learn about this new system is it's actually really great when you can drop in at any moment and not needed to have already signed up or whatever right if i if i can right. just suddenly i'm free this weekend join the patreon let's get in a game i there's no planning advance i think there's a little bit of both here that i'm i uh I, i'm very glad to see can actually happen people that need to plan a month in advance right because work and stuff and then the people that are just like game weekend go it's time to it's time to play or whatever and yeah i'm i'm really excited for tournament six and i'm really looking forward to seeing everyone play and i'm really looking forward to winning the whole thing uh myself i'm looking forward to streaming all of your games hunter it's a it's truly it's a it's an odd experience well there's a lot of really good streamers out that i don't i don't know if oh i'm not i might not get the bill i'm not i'm I'm maybe not (laughs) a lot of really good streamers out there these days matt and i'm looking for a lot of like kind of in-depth analyzing of like my plays and stuff um so yeah i mean i'll you'll be in the running i mean Mm -hmm. i'll probably hit up stats first Mm -hmm. and then we'll see we'll kind of go from there (laughs) Um, but you'll definitely be probably in at least the top 10 i I gotta gotta work i gotta work on my resume i I didn't realize i'm sorry i'll I'll go start on that right now sir i'm so sorry Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. Pax Magnifica, Bellum Gloriosum.